It's time for Nooner uh, on the, the uh, Smodka Internet Radio Network. My name is Marty. I'm a host. My name is Cassandra, and I'm a host. My name is Mickey, and I am not a host. Oh, come on. He's just a... I'm, a, I'm an additional. You're an interloper. <laughs> I'm an interloper. My name is Scott. I'm a host. Sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yay. Um I have to oh, wave goodbye to my wife. Bye, wife. Bye, wife. <laughs> um, welcome to the show. We are a comedy uh, sort of podcast. Today is voting day here in L.A. Did you guys vote? Not yet. I don't know if we are allowed to. <laughs> We're oh, you're Burbank. Burbank. Yeah. Oh, fuck so you. And but your I've been like... Eight one eight ways. Sharing all the things, you know, and telling all my friends, like, guys, don't get tricked by the billboards. Yeah, don't get tricked by the billboards. Yeah, that there's a, a couple, couple big ones that will affect homeless people greatly here in the in so what about the city. S save our neighborhoods. Yeah, that will affect homeless people because there are like four big homeless projects that if that doesn't pass will be delayed. Oh boy. Mm. But that doesn't really matter to you people out there in radio land and in, in podcast land. Wait, vote yes on S? Vote no on no yes. On no, no, yeah, right. yeah, I thought. Yeah. Right, yeah. Because yeah, you remember, you know how our... I know, I was like, wait, what, what, what? Um, our, <laughs> homeless people. Our friend, uh, our, our friend in front of the show, Andrew Reich, he, yes, he sends out a... Uh, a voting guide for us people who are too lazy to research thing, these helpful. things. And, it, it, and he does explain it really well, yeah. I think, yeah. But uh, we're lucky that way. Um, oh, my brother-in-law is trying to call me. <laughs> Got to duck that call. Who um, <laughs> boy. I like people who um, take it upon themselves to send their like-minded friends voter guides. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, think yeah. It's, oh, it's great. Oh, I'll forward it to you guys. I'll put you guys on the list. Thanks. Um, yeah, do yeah. that. Because um, yeah, I remember for the last election going through all of those propositions Mm -hmm. and it took me and uh, my roommate at the time like three hours. And then you just like, I guess so? By the end of it, we were just like, oh, fucking, uh, what 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 did the California Democrats tell you? (laughs) At the end of it, they're all just running together like it's like, oh, is this one about homelessness again? No, this is about the water. Well, because they they have the tricky language. Right, are they trying to mess with my head? Do they want me to... Be, yeah. I, I guess I support schools. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we just kind of shared that info with like other people who were like, oh, did you do it? I, I still have to do it. And I was like, the election's tomorrow. Here's what we voted on. <laughs> um, this past weekend in Las Vegas was the Cannabis Cup. Are you guys familiar with that? No. 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 You guys, don't, none Can't. of you guys smoke pot? Do you, do you smoke pot? I, s- I smoke pot, sure. But are you a pot head? Uh, not so much. Do you have a card? A prescription I do card? not. I need to get one. Oh, oh no. And Scott, you're not no, at all. Not Ever? Pothead. Never. You know? oh, and Cassandra? No. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it doesn't really, it makes me feel like dumb and sleepy, and I feel that way enough on my own. I don't need uh, like help doing that. Um, but Dumb sleepy plus. The, at the Cannabis Cup, they, you know, it's a, the, an annual event to celebrate pot, and they, um, 
were threatening to shut, the feds were threatening to shut down um, the Cannabis Cup. So they'd had no pot smoking at the Cannabis Cup, which is kind of defeats the purpose. What on earth would they keep doing it in Vegas? There's so many, yeah. like, do it in Denver. Still, the they f- would love that there. The feds, well, you know, that's the, the big thing is like uh, the feds, technically have jurisdiction so if it's it's a federal crime to have smoke pot even if the the states okay it the feds can go in technically and that's why there have been all these raids in california on some of these um these medical marijuana places why though leave us alone yeah well you know why it's because um it leads to uh it's a gateway drug. Right, yeah. That's what oh, uh, yeah. our president has said. That's what Sean Spicer has said. That's even what, what uh, the governor of New York has said, uh, that it, it's a gate, who's a Democrat. It's a gateway drug that leads to, to harsher drugs like heroin. Um, unfortunately, like the DEA has taken that off of their website because it's just not true. The, mm. the, the data doesn't bear it out. And in fact, where um, recreational marijuana has been legalized, opioid you know, use has not gone up. In fact, in some places, I believe it's gone down. Uh, Speaking of heroin, um, they almost shut down the heroin cup last year, but luckily um, it was right next to a dirty uh, street mattress convention. So they combined the two. Oh my god! And it, it was, worked out really. I can't well. believe those have been going on for yeah. so long, right next to yeah. each other. No one had that idea. Well, then I think this is one of the first years that they just happened to book the same location, the, the same alley in Reno. Yeah, 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 in Reno. And so, yeah, they ended up combining it. It was it, like it was heroin epic. cup brought epic. to you by Dirty epic. Street Mattress. Right, right, and like, <laughs> and, bent, and the bent needles. Uh, yeah, the bent needle uh, flea market was right. Happened to be right next door. Right, and then down. In like the nicer part of Reno, they were having the cocaine cup and Pitbull performed, which is cool. <laughs> Yay, Pitbull! Well, <laughs> you know, opioid use or, or opioid deaths—you um, know—that's like painkillers, heroin. Um, those have increased. Uh, oh, it's good to have the data when you. Uh, but it's increased. It's tripled over the past. Uh, the number of opioid and heroin deaths has tripled in the past seven years. Yeah, I'd say those pills be a gateway drug. Well, you know. Trump has vowed to end this by sealing the borders. Like that's one of the reasons why he's that he says mm-hmm. he wants to build the wall is to end the you know the drug trafficking that leads to these heroin deaths. Um, and we know that it's mostly pot that comes across you know over the the Mexican border, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's some heroin, but I don't think I think it's exactly what you said. It's it's a it's a pill thing. Um, one of the big reasons that um, it, it is a pill thing is because in 1996, OxyContin was uh, introduced to the market. Have you ever, guys, you, ever used, you were, no. were you, were you, but you were on painkillers recently, right? I was, yes. Yeah. My teeth. And was it, did you find it effective? And, and um, I hated using it because it made me really in outer space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I'm not a fan because it makes me super constipated. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, and that's like a common thing. And yeah. it's just like I, it's like pain or poo, pain or poo. Oh, I like the poo. <laughs> um, that says something about me, I guess. But uh, so OxyContin came to market, and this is after like all, all these painkillers were available. But it was, it was really popular because it was uh, time release, and it was also very intense. So people could take one and and. It would supposedly last 12 hours. 
the problem was that it doesn't last 12 hours. And so then people would end up taking it, and then an hour eight or nine, they'd, they'd still, the effect would wear off, so then they'd take another one. And then because you're taking more, you, you're more apt to get addicted, and then you go through your, your prescription faster, and then you start getting that addict behavior where you want more prescriptions and you get right. multiple prescriptions from different doctors and then it ultimately leads to you going hitting the streets for for drugs um and the purdue the, the company that made that they knew that it didn't last that long but they still marketed it that way because it's a great marketing you know uh, like tagline mm. and uh, they made thirty-one. They've made thirty-one billion dollars from selling mm. this faulty drug, and um, <clears throat> and then so then people move into the illegal drug market where you get heroin, which is so much cheaper than street pills. Sure, and um, and it gives you a, an immediate intense high. It doesn't last as long, but um, and so I guess it'd be dumb not to just start there. It, right. Just right? if if you're think if you're feeling pain, just jump. If you're not woozy with the needles. The needle. Yeah. Yeah, but you can also snort it or smoke it. You can snort heroin now? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Any way you can get that in there. I don't yeah. see that in the movies, so you, I don't know. You haven't seen uh, Intervention? like No. That horrible like TV show where they... they I have not seen this. I'm just those, like, those shows give me anxiety, watching the Interventions or the... The hoarders or the taboos, those kinds of yeah. They, I feel like I need a shower after every oh, time I yeah. watch one. And then they play this like like soulful like uh, guitar music while they're talking about like you know six months later he <laughs> slipped back into the needle or into the bottle. Oh, he did. And, yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's yeah, I, I know that's a totally different story, but. Um, <laughs> The, the other so there's the problem of like there's these drugs out there that don't do what they say they do and people take them too many of them and they get addicted when they're not supposed to take that as many as you know you, instead of two pills a day they're taking mm-hmm. I, if you listen to Jason Muse like uh, in uh, many years ago he did a podcast about going sober and he was taking I think like forty or sixty pills a day wow and. And like that is just crazy. And yeah. I, you know, I'm not talking out of school because I mean, he, he, it, it is in the podcast right, yeah. world. <laughs> um, I wouldn't even eat sixty Skittles in a day. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I would. That would make me feel sick. <laughs> and that would probably, yeah, it's Horrible. yeah. Um, and and then also, if you listen to that other like Pete Holmes podcast with uh, Harris Whittles, that's a, just yeah. a devastating one. That was what wow. I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah, I remember, and I mean, like with Oxy and stuff. Like, I remember that Oxy was at like parties when I was in high school. So, like, it's not like it's not like a readily available substance in general, anyway. Yeah. So it's like I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting problem to have to face. Well, you know, and my father is a retired physician, but like he was saying, like he's an an oncologist, so he's dealing with cancer patients in pain, in intense, intense pain. He's like, if you're in intense pain it totally works, you know, yeah. and it's incredibly effective, opioids are. So um, so it does serve a purpose. Um, the problem is that virtually all doctors overprescribe uh, pain pills. Like there was a study done a couple of years ago, uh, a survey of doctors and uh, that the CDC did, and oh, no, by the National Safety Council, and they... they it's not ah, 
They found that actually, <laughs> actually, <laughs> my, my computer started making noise at me. Now we go to the fun part of opioids. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, why? Why is the internet selling me ads for OxyContin, like with dancing pills? Um, hey, Mister, <laughs> I want to get in your mouth. I heard you had a boo boo. Yeah. In so your brain. in your brain. <laughs> Come the on, Mister, I'll make it all go away. The CDC has has guides um, about when you're supposed to prescribe pills, and virtually all doctors don't follow that. Um, so there's the, that problem. But the other problem is that, you know, patients want action, you know? Mm. Like if they go, if you go into a doctor and he's like, oh, my, I fell and my back hurts. And the doctor will be like, oh, okay, well, in two weeks should heal. That's not, that's, you spent an hour waiting in the waiting room. You don't want to just be told to walk it off. Yeah. So they're pretty much, well, let's get them their money's worth. Yeah. I mean, because also like you, you're a doctor, do something for me. And I give them some pain pills and tell them to go away, you know, mm. and they'll feel better. And then, you know, uh, the pain will go away for them and then, you know, it'll fix itself. And so it, it kind of is just like pay them off and to go to, but, um, and I, and that's, you know, that's just my, been my, observational experience i don't know if you guys feel that way no i think that makes sense and also like when you do have a patient with like you know i when i uh in high school i broke my back and they're uh they gave me uh lower tabs uh-huh. or, and they gave me a couple extra in case the pain was really bad one day so like i could see that also being a problem too which is like if it's really bad then like we'll give you like one or two extra like that getting out to like a hundred people or whatever being also an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you got any more of those? No, I don't, unfortunately. Well, that's the thing too, is that sometimes people, like I didn't take any of my painkillers when I got my teeth extracted because I was like, I don't need it. I think I'll be fine. So I just have like a bunch. Yeah. Just like and, hanging. And I have just to say. Just got like a bottle of perks just kicking it and you know, the I'm sure a lot of people probably take Money advantage of that. Money in the bank. I yeah, have, right? Just, I'm sa- save it for a rainy day. I have recreationally taken a painkiller, you know, painkiller, a couple glasses of wine. Like, that is a really great feeling. And then the next day, you're just like, why can't I poop? Um, but... <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> <laughs> worth it. It really yeah. is the only problem with painkillers, just the it's constipation. The only problem. There's really it, yeah. only, only problem. problem. <laughs> then you gotta take heroin so you could poop. Wait, her- right? yeah, Can you poop no. on heroin? I don't know. I think that's... No, but we're talking about opioids, though. I don't know. I'm just saying that's what the gateway drug is, no pooping, and then you go. And then, yeah. Oh, right, right. That's why on pot, you kind of can't poop, and then in painkillers, you really can't poop, so heroin just slides right out. (laughs) I started taking supplemental uh, fiber, and then I went, the gateway was just just mainlining X-lax. Yeah. Also Uh, super bad for you. That's a type of eating disorder. Is it? Oh, yeah. geez. Uh, Abusing laxatives. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Oh, I think yeah, there are two thing. things that, that can be done. One is that we need to, um, there are these drug prescription drug monitoring programs, um, and those are really uh, good for, they prevent patients from going to multiple doctors because the doctor will just look up and like, oh boy, you, you've already gotten this prescription you know, from Dr. X and, I mean, Professor X. I mean, no, doc, whatever. Uh, Dr. Smith, and, uh, you know, I can't give you any more. Um, and the other thing is that I think it's sort of a cultural thing of, like, we need to realize as patients that, like, pain isn't 
the problem that needs to be fixed necessarily. You know, the, when we have a medical problem, addressing the actual problem is what needs to be fixed. Right. And sometimes pain is just a, a necessary uh, a product of that that thing. And with that, I'd like to segue to Scientology. Go on. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and why do you have a stack of books? Oh, I just, I don't know. I thought you guys might want to, you know, give these a, a little look-see. Um, <laughs> All right, yeah. You know, I, I haven't been feeling very, you know, right about myself. You haven't? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me... Just, Whoa, that's a long-ass questionnaire. Grab these cans. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow, that needle is just wow, going... Wow, what was that? What I, was I that know. thought? Uh, just uh, thinking about pain pills. I'm so obsessed with Scientology. <laughs> Have you been watching Leah Remini's thing? I watched the first two episodes, but I watch it online and there's too many commercials, so I haven't been watching it anymore. <laughs> Because I'm a huge piece so of shit. All of those commercials were for Scientology. Yeah. They were like, wait a minute, guys, let yeah. us tell you what's really going oh on. No, but I read or the. Or was it for dancing heroin pills or da- dancing Oxycontin exactly. pills? I read the Beyond Belief, the the Genomous Cabbage book, and I read and I watched the Going Clear on HBO and then. On the HBO? On yeah. the HBO and. Yeah, I just kind of fell into a little bit of a wormhole of like, what are they doing? And then the Danny Masterson thing that just came uh, out. Uh, why don't you tell people what's going on with Danny Masterson? I skimmed the headline, but from what I understand, he uh, has been sexually assaulting people. Well, and Scientology's been helping him cover it up, bury but, the hatchet. But this is from back in the uh, in the like two, early two thousands, I think. So but that seventies show Prime. Uh, Masterson? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I didn't know he was married to Bijou Phillips. Did you know that? Um, I don't even know who Bijou Phillips is. Oh, she's she's one of the mamas and the papas. Oh, yeah. uh, Daughter. daughter. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I, well, I can't tell the story, but anyhow. Ah. She she cray cray, I think. Uh, that's what. You you think? I think. (laughs) Okay. Well, until she found Scientology. Um, Right. Uh, but of oh course, boy. Masterson has denied the, the claim that. Sure. Yeah. Imagine that denying the claim that <laughs> that you committed sexual assault. Yeah. I was, if there could be a news story one time where it's like I totally did that. Yeah. Right. Like, my that bad. Never happened. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Oops. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what that that's what Oopsie. that guy did. Well, um, kind of did. Bill Cosby. Oh yeah, yeah. He he totally came forward about it. <laughs> <laughs> Which guy? Uh, the one wh- who, um. Who was supposed to be the birth of the nation guy? Oh yeah, yeah, birth of the nation guy. He did not what? D.W. Griffin. Yeah, D.W. Griffin. Yeah, no. that guy. Um. He he came out. <laughs> they found old. No, old, old black and white. Yeah, like, like plausible. Yeah. Uh, he, no, the, he was froze himself, and then he unfroze, and he was like, "I did everything." He did not really come like no apologize. he didn't really do it no, yeah he, he just said like when i was nate parker when i was younger uh, in college at penn state i i was was involved st- in a rape trial and, and please I, stop bringing it up that was the hardest part of my life yeah oh imagine how she feels when the woman who tried to oh, commit she suicide did. she killed herself oh she did kill herself yeah yeah, yeah. oh that was even harder for me when i found out that and that's why i made this movie please watch it well and then no one watched it and then said fucking Casey Affleck got to do the same shit. Not the same stuff, but... Yeah, well... Anyways! Yeah, did you... What was... uh, What The room lady, what's her name? Uh, Oh, Brie Larson. Brie Larson. She she gave him the award and did not clap for him. She didn't clap. She did not smile. Denzel looked mad. But I don't think Denzel was mad for the same reason. (laughs) Um, 
I Michael, think Denzel might have just been mad. I kind of got the impression that Denzel kind of has like resting bitch face going on. Like he's just sitting there and always looks pissed no, off. Oh, he's always the whole imp- smiling and having fun. Yeah, when he, Oscars, when he just smiles, like, like yeah. Yeah, he's, he's known got for a, that. He's got a big smile, but when he's yeah. not smiling, he's like Mm-mm. resting bitch he's face. He's not ready. Uh, Michael Binhock said, pain doesn't hurt. A uh, quote from Roadhouse. Oh, um, good. Yeah. Because <laughs> remember in Roadhouse, uh, he is a philosophy major f- from NYU who's working at as a bouncer and who staples his own cuts shut in the emergency room. Oh, I forgot God. about what a great movie that That's is. A, but he also pulls out people's that. tracheas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's in, the, who's in this movie? <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Yeah, it's uh-huh. and, um, and what was it? Lorenzo Lamas, and even John Doe from X is in it. Uh, it's it's yeah. it's, it's just supposed to be like super tough dude movie. It's like ripping uh, out throats and spectacular movie. Own. You should ha- you have to see it. Kelly yeah. Lynch is in it. Oh, I feel nauseous thinking. No, about no. That. And then what's the blind guitarist name? Oh yeah, um, that's right. Blind guitar guy. That's right. Um, it's a it's a it's a classic. You've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's been a while. But we have you seen it? I haven't. Hey. I know all the quotes and everything, but I yeah. haven't seen it. Oh, I would imagine that like it's your brother's anthem, you know? <laughs> he makes everyone uh, who works at the bar watch it before they sign their start paperwork. <laughs> it's their, their company training manual. <laughs> everything that you need to know about working yeah, here. Just like a, is a in scratchy VHS copy of uh, Roadhouse. <laughs> he just has he has uh, the older employees reenact it. <laughs> including the throat. I don't want to be the throat guy this time, please. Um, yeah, it's it's one of one of the best movies of the 80s, easily. So is that what um, MacGruber was spoofing when he said that he, ripped, he rips out throats? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. I like MacGruber. I, yeah. Oh, so stupid. It's, it's so stupid, best. but I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard yeah, in that movie. The second time I watched it, I was like, I don't quite laugh as hard. But Pink. he's... Hink. <laughs> I gotta see it. Hink. Oh no, that movie's really funny. He's just Will Forte is just a funny ass guy. Oh yeah. Um, have Actually, you, the um, the uh, date the guy who edited Dave Made a Maze, he and his wife edited MacGruber. Oh, oh nice. And was he? And a, they're exceedingly proud of it. They're like, I don't understand why this wasn't. I don't understand. Oh, it's really much, yeah. Much, oh my it's god, it's really <laughs> funny. The only time Ryan Phillippe has made me laugh, you know. Really like I think I saw it alone in the theater and was laughing so hard. And I was, <laughs> the projectors came like, out and it's like, do you yeah. need some water? <laughs> yeah, but no, it's just really fucking funny. And I was just like, whatever, I don't care. Because nobody wanted to go see it with me. I was like, eh, you know, no, no. And I was like, no, I really think it's going to be funny. And oh, it was. So and so I was alone. And that didn't make anyone want to go see it anymore. So <laughs> like, oh, I was by myself laughing so hard. And I'm like, I don't know, dude. Um, so, okay. Uh, we haven't seen you, Scott, in a while. What have you been up to? I was working uh, down in Manhattan Beach doing a faux uh, plaster for this wealthy person. They, they couldn't afford plasters, so they well, had to, they had to have know. faux plaster that's like yeah. one made from like flour and water. Well, it was uh, supposed to look like marble. It's garbage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and at oh. one point, um, someone pointed out that I was a liberal. Just pointed to he's a liberal. Like what? <laughs> Based on what? Based on someone was trying to show me something about Trump. I was like, oh, I don't want to see that on their phone. And then he walks over to somebody and says he's a liberal. And I was like, what? And the guy couldn't even make eye contact with me. It was like I was the devil. Was it the guy, the guy you were working with? No, it was the guy running the construction company I was working for. Oh. I don't even know the guy, but it was very strange. That, that is strange to like, be like. Okay. 
that's like offering a Scientology book the first time you meet them. You know, it's yeah. like, hey, here's a, here's he's my a liberal. Yeah, what? he's um. What do they call them when they interfere with, like in Scientology, like negative people, oh, suppressive yeah. people? Yeah, suppressive. he's a suppressive. SPs. Yeah, he's an S. I know. He's an SP. Yeah, I don't like that you know so much. No, I've been obsessing over. I'm sorry. It's like fucking candy, like. You know, no, like I, when, I found I, the doc, HBO documentary I, I watched just going clear. Drool, falling death. That's what I'm what saying. Is, is that like I've just kind of like that's what uh, is wrong with us? Yeah. No, yeah. I've I've gone down many rabbit holes. I haven't done it with Scientology yet, but I mean, like I've done it with basically every conspiracy theory that exists on the internet. So I can appreciate being like yeah, obsessed with the weird do? thing. Yeah. Uh, there's a great like British Scientology thing. Um, it's called, um, I think it's Scientology and Me. Um, no, it's, no, that's, I think, the Louis Theroux one. But there's, and yeah, this one guy, he goes out to Hollywood and he interviews all these people. And they're, they're following him the whole way. I was going to say, we better stop talking about yeah, it. Yeah, and, like they, and <laughs> it gets to the him. point where like, they've terrorized this guy and he just loses his shit and mm-hmm. just starts screaming at them and like threatening them. Like, and he... You know, to his credit, he put it in the documentary, mm-hmm. but you're just like, like they won that thing, right. you know. Right. And the crazy thing is, like the Maybe guy I who do need help, the <laughs> guy who stalked him, like who was high up in Scientology. This presenter goes back and for another documentary when that that guy who stalked him like left Scientology oh, and then like confessed all this stuff like all these secrets about like well yeah of course we were following oh, that guy. It. that guy's wow. in like everything that one guy that you're talking about yeah yeah um, but uh, let's see what's his name um, I can't remember now oh well the the guy who uh, John Sweeney um, if you want to look at it it's like it's crazy he uh, he just and he came out and he apologized for it but um and Tommy Davis is the uh, Ann Archer's son, and he's he's high up, and and he also would like confront him, and it's just they had this great script of on how to fuck with people, and it's it's, it's amazing. I hate to be naive, but I don't understand that need to control. I mean, I just don't get it. It's at a all. separate you reality. Don't, uh, I mean, because like, I don't get it either. Like I get, I get that that maybe you suck. You're a terrible person, and your life is shit. I get that. But to turn that into, therefore, I will control others. I just don't. I don't understand how that makes the fact that you suck make you suck any less, or make your shitty life any less shitty. Fill that sucky hole in your heart. (laughs) Right. I guess. Well, I can't suck that. But yeah, heroin. Yeah. Stuck on heroin. Drop out. Be in the streets. Died. No one knows you were there or ever cared, and no one else is hurt by your bullshit life. How fucking hard is that? That's how I feel about. Mass shootings. <laughs> Why don't you just go die in the streets? Right, right. Do this if it's going to end with you killing yourself, just skip to the skip end. Skip to the Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to end no. that way. No. Or you're going to end up trying to plead insanity in a prison somewhere. So Jenny Marie says she's having a hard time hearing everyone except you and me. Marty. Oh, okay. I'm turning wow. every, oh, everyone get up on their mics. Um, thank you, Everyone's Jenny Marie. It's <laughs> probably my laconic delivery. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm, my signature wow. I don't know delivery. what that word means. Apparently, Darren Husted just tweeted this in, friend of the show. By the way, he maintains with Tyson the Tumblr page, which is Nooner Podcast. Apparently, apparently, that's usually how they go. Allegedly, allegedly, and and you can tweet us at Nooner Podcast. 
Um, Google laconic. But uh, <laughs> Bill Murray. Use the dictionary.com. Yeah. Adjective of, of a person's speech or style of writing using very few words. Mm. <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, that was Cassandra's word hour. <laughs> I thought it meant like brooding and handsome voice. I didn't realize. It, it kind of like, does. Oh, it has cool. those sort of Miss, connotations. Mi- yeah. <laughs> Kelly Lynch is married to Mitch Glazer, who co-wrote um, Scrooged. And apparently every time Bill Murray watches Roadhouse and gets to the, the sex scene, <laughs> he calls Mitch Glazer and, and tells him that he's watching his wife. He's like getting off to his, watching yeah. his wife. It is an <laughs> amazing sex wow. scene because it's like they're having sex standing up and he like slams her into this like like rocky brick uh, like um, uh, what do you call it? chimney, mm. and I'm just, just what w- every woman wants. I know. <laughs> I'm just watching, going, "Ow!" Yeah. And Ow. then he somehow has to have like a, a super curved schlong to get up in there. Well, I, that's what, actually what is a really a, interesting you, thing about Patrick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It, we, there was a, a the post mortem, you know. And, uh, they were like, "Whoa!" <laughs> the post mortem is just a picture of his like mutant <laughs> wang <dick>. pointing up. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Cool. Anyhow, so, so we're talking about Scott here, okay? Right, right. So Scott, so where, how does your look up mutant Wang? Yeah, how does Google. your how does no, your Wang hang? All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Did we talk about your swinging yes. schlong? Okay. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> 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 Forget. <laughs> it's like, like a helicopter waiting to take off. But you, <laughs> but you have a new job, right? Sorry. Um. Yeah, I'm working on uh, Lady Dynamite. What? What's Lady Dynamite? It's a TV show. <laughs> not everybody you know, knows. Foam marble on that show? Yeah, no. I'm <laughs> acting. I'm Lance what? Banner. Yeah. yeah. Lothario, Hollywood Lothario. Lance um, Banner. Uh, founder of Leonardo DiCaprio's Pussy Posse. Oh. Co-founder. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I see why you would need two founders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so the the show is like, like uh, it's not it's mock autobiographical, right? Yes. So in it, you're I'm playing an actor who plays me, and the actor who's playing me is upset that I'm this Lothario. And and so I so yesterday in, in real life you're for, married to the star of the yes. show. Yes. Okay. So yesterday for about six hours I was making out with Maria on the set while they filmed it. Well, I mean that's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and then the director's like, cut. Yeah. I'm not really buying it. No, seriously. I, I Could really... you get sleazier? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this is upsetting the actor who's playing me because I'm making out with his wife, you know. But in reality, it, was, you know, it wasn't like that. But uh, I'm sure it was very funny. Yeah. yeah. Did so Maria have fun? Oh, yeah. We had a lot of fun. It yeah. was great. Yeah. And, um, like doing more tomorrow. So. Most people, like, <laughs> they secretly <laughs> tape their sex On scenes. camera? Or yeah. Or yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> your sex tape is going live That's is basically right. like what yeah. you're saying. And then um, um, oh, we're doing a, a scene in outer space tomorrow. So it'll be nice. Okay. So green screen and all. On Say location? That, no. Yeah. <laughs> so did Netflix have to approve your hiring? Then, what do you mean? Like, did the like, producers like because like, like every was time there a producer who's like I don't know I don't like him can we oh, yeah because oh, like yeah, 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 yeah. basically on every network TV show the network has to sign off on the casting so like you know I'll get a call from my agent uh, or I used to rest in peace um, yeah that uh, they like okay you know the, the casting people like you the director likes you but they we're just waiting on network I think I was approved last season so oh, I was I on see. yeah and. 
Wait, you, wait, did you play yourself? No, I was just in the background. I, yeah, I, that, I remember. You were a known quantity. Yeah, you, you just see, you would just see this beard like walking around, <laughs> beard, plaid and beard just yeah. crossing yeah. frame. So then, uh, that's what's going on. So had they cast somebody else for this character as Lance? What? I think they were trying to get this guy who who actually became uh, played Mitch Horowitz. Now he's this big. Oh, muscle bound dude. But Lance, uh, what, what's your character? Lance Banner. Lance Banner. So, but I'm supposed yeah. to be this ripped dude with abs, and like, like yesterday, the, the actor playing me is upset because I have so so uh, my abs are awesome. I do not. I've never had abs. <laughs> are they gonna? Are they gonna have stunt and abs? I'm flexing. Yes, I was also flexing yesterday. I mean, which is funny. <laughs> they didn't have stunt abs come in. I'm just like, yeah. like you know, <laughs> quick cutaway and just like. You know, Zac so Efron was, abs. Yeah, so uh, they're like... Oh, or Bill Waterson abs. Your, your flexing is, is hilarious. So it wasn't, wasn't like cool at all. <laughs> <laughs> but had they cast the other guy and they had all those makeout scenes, would yeah, that you... That would have been a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it was. That's why I made it through because I'm allowed to make out with her. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. You also probably wouldn't have just been standing there watching... Yeah, All the takes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> I have a for your sake. Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend whose husband is uh, an actor, and and he's in a a play, and she's like, oh, well, you know, so you know, what's it about? And he's like, oh, it's a sort of abstract thing, and, and she's like, oh, what do you what do you play? A nuclear uh, engineer, uh, or you know, I think it's a nuclear scientist. And she's like, oh, okay. And he's like kind of cagey about it. And then so she finally like read the script. And like in the first scene, he's like making out with this girl, like woman. And and apparently he said that the other character, like other women in the cast weren't that attractive. And then like <laughs> this woman was like, you know, played on some TV show, like a sex pot, whatever. Mm. And, uh, and so she's like, what's this about? You know, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, well, I didn't... You, I didn't tell you that, like, mm. and you totally could that is not exactly how not to handle that situation. <laughs> right, right. And she's no, like, the, and she's like, again, I got cast in this thing. This is the right. first scene. Right. And here's like, a scene like, of her as a sex bot. She and she's looks like, just as good today as she did when she shot. <laughs> <it>. Right. <laughs> and she's but like, well, I am an actor. And she's like, what did you expect to happen on opening night? I would have gone up. <laughs> oh. You know, I would have oh, just punched the girl out on the stage and then punched you. You know. But like, that's what the director wanted. <laughs> yeah, but like, oh. I, I don't know how he expected. Like, I, I guess maybe in my twenties, I would have tried to do something like that. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's a but very, like this guy's my very age. dysfunctional way to handle. Yeah, and being like, it's, it's not really right. a problem if she doesn't know. It's like it's <laughs> that's the ostrich with its head in the. Is it the what's the bird with the long neck? Ostrich. Yeah. And like for him to say like you know the character's like this sex addict that like for him to say is like oh he's a nuclear scientist it's like it's like saying oh who's John Gacy oh he's a he's a, a clown and you know, I'm just playing a clown uh, but so yeah I've always wondered like because as an actor I think it would be fun to make out with somebody for you know and have no sort of. But we were wondering, what if it was a serious show yeah. and you're making out with a complete stranger for it was like six hours. Mm-hmm. But a complete stranger would be weird. Like if you're not even into the person, but you're acting, and it's a even a serious role would be. I think it would be impossible. Yeah, I always try to find one thing. If if I have to be in love with someone or 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 lustful towards someone, I just try to find one thing about them that I can obsess on. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember acting with with a woman that wasn't my type of person in any way or any of this, but she just had great 
legs or something. Uh, I, I yeah. don't even think it was legs, but it might have just been style. It might have been okay. the way a, a certain the skirt she was wearing that day, the way it you know, the it was very complimentary to her figure, whatever it was, and just sort of latch onto that one thing and be like, I'll just I'll be the guy who's just so into this yeah, that, yeah. that he doesn't look at everything else. And maybe that'll translate as love on camera. Have you ever had a um a, a, like a sex scene or a makeout scene? Nothing nothing approaching nudity. Um I think the most awkward thing I did do was a and it didn't end up in the film, which is awesome. Uh, was a the the cinematographer was female, and it was a shot of the camera as the POV of the woman who was on top of me during a, a love scene. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was weird. Yeah, because it was a big camera, and it looked like it was going to fall on me at any second. And also, she was really pretty. The cinematographer. The cinematographer. <laughs> I, you know, I used that. I just used that. Um, but I was also thinking, I don't know if you're strong enough to hold that camera in that position. <laughs> Not because you're a woman. She was petite. <laughs> yeah, the closest I've come a is I, I was in, in <laughs> playing someone's husband or boyfriend, and I was in bed all day, like, shooting a morning scene, and I was asleep the whole time. No. Nice. <laughs> you know. But, uh, I mean, it was weird to just be with a total stranger who was, like, nine years younger than me and, like, half naked and right. all day just surrounded by people. I gig uh, early on as Nick Cage's body double on the film Next. And oh, yeah. Like, the first <laughs> thing I did on the first day, they were prepping this long crane shot. I don't know why I'm gesticulating. There's <laughs> this long crane shot where the crane, he and whoever, the, Jessica Biel, are lying in bed. Um, post coitus and there's a huge yeah, like ew. crane lift or something <laughs> like that uh, so they needed me and Jessica Biel's body double to lay in bed you know her, she's like I'm, I'm holding her her head's on my chest and all this stuff and I'd never met her it was literally like yeah. Bill this is Jen Jen this is Bill okay get in bed yeah, that's like, exactly okay. what it was yeah and like wow. we're like intertwined and, and like yeah. and, and I had never I had never met her and it was like uh, 730 in the morning yeah and I was like did you ever see love actually oh <laughs> and, cute it's like her favorite movie. I was thinking of the um, Wait, the the por- porno scene right, right. subplot mm-hmm. with one of my favorite actors, with Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman and um, the one the girl from Gavin and Stacey. Exactly. The woman from Gavin yeah, and yeah. Stacey. Yeah, uh, And it turned out that was her favorite movie in the world, and it was just this, Wait, was it, a wonderful icebreaker. The, but Jessica Biel's double. Body double, yeah. Body double. yeah. Oh. And then, uh, then you never saw her again. And then we just totally did it. <laughs> right there the camera was there and everything it that's awesome. not chapstick <laughs> it's on youtube <laughs> it's chapstick what uh well that's exciting how many episodes are you gonna do uh so far it seems to get it get more and more with each scene i do so it's good nice. that's it's awesome good, and do you uh, like acting yeah i mean i just you know it's I, you know, I'm just repeating lines. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I really That's acting. Yeah. And they just say, oh, can you do it with this way? Okay. And then try it this way. So I'm You don't have just, a backstory for Lance Banner? Like, you know? No, I mean, literally, I found out last week that I was doing it. So uh, it's all... Do you I, have I don't want to think about it too much because it, it's freaking me out. Let's come like, up. I with just that. go, I'm like, oh, and when I think about, oh, there's money behind this. There's like at least 60 people there. Yeah, and every time you mess up, it's thousands of dollars. That's the way I feel. Yeah, that's <laughs> the way I feel too. And it always bugs me when I see like people like fucking around on set, like, you know, on these outtake things. Mm-hmm. Just like, come on, you're killing, you're killing time. We're losing light. We're losing light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and you know, but Maria is the executive producer and the star, so I feel I got a little uh, clout. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm some fired. built-in forgiveness. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, you haven't come up with like, you know, how did the pussy p- posse start? How did Lance and I mean me 
And uh, no, that's a good. That's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, maybe yeah. I could do that. Really <laughs> angle up something, <laughs> and we'll see it. We'll see it on yeah. screen. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but Maria's uh, she's doing it's interesting because she is really mixing it up and it's an interesting show what she's it's doing. Such, she it's she insisted show. on a nude scene recently and it's hilarious. I was like, oh, I don't know. She she was really nervous about it yeah. the day before. I go, well, you insisted on it, and then she did it. And it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, and, and you didn't uh, have any problem with it. No, I mean actually, uh, you know. Um, it was is very respectfully done, but it was you're, absolutely... You're holding your face in horror. Uh, no, I'm just... It's just funny hearing someone go like, yeah, I guess I should uh, do all that preparation and <laughs> like that. Meanwhile, it's like every audition I have, I'm like, who am I? What? Right, and you're just like, uh, here are your keys, sir. And then yeah, exactly. nailed it, nailed it. <laughs> like, Fuck yeah. yeah. You could see the night school like, in, in that, you know, <laughs> she's, she's a troubled past, a broken home. A strange sister. Uh, and, and hooked on uh, Oxycontin. Uh, um, well, that's cool. That's awesome. It's, it's fun. When do you need me? Uh, well, may, maybe soon. Okay. Seriously. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just as long as I can walk there, because I don't drive. Say it's right on San Fernando. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, near that uh, romantics porno shop, whatever. It's called. I know that place. Ah. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Yeah. That. They yeah. The police station, right behind the police station. Right. Okay. No, Are people tweeting? Can they hear us? Uh, I hope they can hear us. Uh, Michael Binhock said he watched Logan Friday with a friend, had to laugh a, laugh a couple times. Uh, my friend wasn't amused with me. Oh, there you go. Um, I'm excited about Logan. Yeah. I heard it's yeah. great. I've heard really good things. But was he laughing like... Having seen not none of the Wolverine franchise. Uh, really? Excited. The last one was really good. The I last one the was last based one. on my favorite run of comic oh, books that ever existed. Yeah. Oh, you should see it. I didn't bother to see it. You should see it. It's actually... Is it? It's, um, okay. yeah. it's dope. Yeah it's, yeah. it's awesome. You're also talking to a guy who's a lifelong comic fan who never saw Deadpool. So. Uh, oh, that's Deadpool on me. was fun. I, I just read that one. I just read Runaways. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn. That's a fun one. Oh, yeah. It's super fun. You know where Brian K. Vaughn is from. I could guess, but I'm not gonna. No, what? no, it's okay. It's okay. You'd be no, right. No, no. If you were to guess, you'd yeah. be right. Yeah. All right. Fuck Cleveland. Oh. Yeah. See what we got. I was like, what? Even Cassandra yeah. forgot that running guy. Yeah. Uh, you read Runaways? I did, yeah. Did you read uh, Paper Girls? That's his latest one that's no, running right now? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm kind of behind on stuff right now. Yeah. It's so like... The- I've got like the the trade one, and it was expensive. Like yeah. it was like I mean, it was eighteen issues, but still, it was like twenty two bucks. And I don't mean to hit the running gag. This is actually a genuine question. Isn't Paper Girls about a young girl with a paper route in Cleveland? Oh, I I know I don't know about the Cleveland part, but oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, I seem to remember him writing it actually about his childhood and being really excited about it. And then I yeah, I no, it sounds. It, I I was talking about it last week that I bought it for my niece, and I need to steal it. I bought her the first two books, and I want to steal. I gotta get a niece. Yeah, I know because it's fun to like. I was like, oh, I'll give her Runaways. I'll bet she'll like that too. Um, I was trying to pull that when I when I first graduated college. I was trying to pull that with the comic books I was buying. Where I was like, oh, these are. I'm gonna share these with my little sisters. It'll be great. But I never fucking shared any of them. They were they all were like, or were they because they were like, fuck off, dork? Yeah, they were like, well, I was like, look at this, isn't it cool? And they were like, I don't care. Shut up, nerd. Yeah, exactly. They were like giving me swirlies in the toilet and shit. I was like, trying to make sure I never have a boyfriend. We're not going to be the only girls who talk to you. <laughs> exactly. Um, but my question was, I was thinking about it. Like, what comic book, you know, like, I'm really excited to see Logan. It sounds mm-hmm. really very sophisticated. What comic book do you think would make a great uh, movie that hasn't been tapped? Ooh. 
I have uh, my favorite run on a comic book ever is Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing. I was just thinking Alan Moore's Swamp Thing just now. Alan Moore's Swamp Thing is the like one of the most cinematic comic books I've ever read, and it's yeah. fucking bonkers. Um, unfortunately, Adrian Barbeau ruined it for everybody mm. from the you know eighty one version. That wasn't that bad. Really, he got great reviews from Siskel and Ebert, and I enjoyed <laughs> it as a young man. Uh, all right, but um, I'm not a comic book person. No, so. it, it is eighty two. It sort of changed the way I think that people think about Swamp Thing because it's like goofy and Swamp Thing is, I mean, I'm doing the thing that people do with Batman where it's like, oh man, they made Batman <laughs> uncool, but Batman is super cool, but like Swamp Thing's really cool, you guys. Yeah, well, they, they really, they, they, he really deconstructed it of like, what is Swamp Thing? Yeah. And, and like, and then all the weird... Wait, little, Alan Moore did yeah. a deconstructionist take on something? Right. Yeah. It's crazy. That. You yeah. never would see it coming. <laughs> and then John Toddleben's art was just amazing in yeah. it. And, um, but it's, if you haven't read it, it's a, it, it's a, you can get that as a cheap trade, but, um, I can only think of a very generic answer and it might even be incorporated in the Wolverine franchise, which I have to admit to not having seen a minute of, but I loved, I read until I ruined it the um, the Frank Miller original four issue Wolverine oh, limited yeah. series, I about that. which I was sort of the setup of the X Men run that they made right. the last. That was him with about. Claremont, right? Yeah, Claremont. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. that is a good one. I had those original four issues, and it was like the first time a, a character had gotten its own limited series that I knew of. I'm sure it wasn't the first time, but yeah. I, I was reading the big books of all the group teams. And then suddenly it was like, oh, a limited series of my favorite character? Oh, my God. And I just read it until it, it was in tatters. I thought it was awesome. the greatest thing I'd ever seen. Um, oh, so Michael Binhock said he had to laugh because of some brutal moments in Logan that he didn't know was coming. Um, and I, I think that's, that's, it is, when you see something brutal, I, my reaction is to laugh when it's surprising. Oh, yeah. like, I remember uh, John Wick just being like laughing a lot. Because <laughs> not, uh, did you guys see John Wick? Not I saw the first one, not the second. The one. The first one, yeah, I didn't see the second one. But like the first one was like pretty shocking. Yeah. It was good. though. It was awesome. I think it's like an appropriate response to have though. Like when people laugh at like violence or whatever, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like it's yeah, it's, yeah. That's that like a child got uh, slaughtered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually John Landis's uh, explanation of why American Werewolf in London worked. And why that hilarious? You're in, if you're in a terrifying situation or scary or violent situation that mm. you can't even process, you tend to react with humor as a defense. So, he, so and he, that hilarious he moment when Vic Morrow got chopped in two—that wasn't uh, an American geez. Werewolf in London. No, no. Um, um, do you have a comic book that you like that you would want to see as a movie? I mean, you're not a huge comic book person, but you read them from time to time. Uh, right? I think. The one that I really liked was Preacher, but I think that they did it. AMC did it. Yeah, it's an AMC show. But like, I haven't watched it. Yeah, so obviously I don't really care that much. Uh, Seth Rogen. (laughs) Or Seth Rogen produced it. Sorry, Seth Rogen. And uh, yeah. And wasn't it Evan? And everything he puts his hands on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why did that guy get the keys to the kingdom? I'll never understand. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he's ambitious and he talks too much. He had the best Walmart Oscar thing. You know those things that they they mm-hmm. like gave commercials. Them? Oh yeah, the receipt. Yeah, commercials. they, yeah, they yeah, gave yeah. all those male directors um, an Oscar, a uh, Walmart receipt, and s- to see all the different things that they would make. And Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg's one was the best one. Oh, 
Wait, they gave the, the what? It was a, some stupid promo that Walmart was doing where they're like, we gave all of these directors, these three uh, directors, or in their case, a directing team, uh, the same Walmart receipt, and then they have to make a story out of oh, what's on the Oh, that's receipt. really cool. It was like them, Antoine Fuqua, and one other person. Just, Not a know, huge Antoine Fuqua fan. Guy. I like the equalizer. The equalizer gets really stupid at the end. It gets really good. stupid, and there, I think I might have laughed a couple times yeah. out of the br- sheer brutality in that. Oh, yeah. Scott, is there a movie that, I mean... A, a uh, there's an book? Italian comic book. Oh. Here we go. Oh, oh fucking brother. <laughs> I like this. No, this is great. Grand Xerox. Bizarre, mm. out there, robotic uh, man-child who beats the crap out of everybody and has a, a girlfriend that's horrible. It's, mm. it's brutal. Wow. It's only lasted three uh, episodes, but... uh, Um, Can I ask a question? Go on. Why, when someone says, it's an Italian comic Uh. book, did it it get that reaction? Is it just because it's like, oh, you mean in Italian? Or is it like... It's just fear that we're not as intelligent and and as um, curious. (laughs) It is so lowbrow. Once you looked at it, you'd be like, what the... This is garbage. It it is better in the native Italian. The the translation, they missed a couple nuances, you know. Like, I can barely describe it because it's just so awful. I mean, I've seen it. it'd be interesting. The imagery, yeah. I've seen that character before. I yeah. just never knew that it was an Italian comic book. Yeah, and the guy did it in Mar- Magic Marker. Oh, wow. oh, really? Yeah, so it's kind of And it's beautiful. very, like, semi-photographic, kind of, like, or I whatever. think every other, pa- every other like, uh, square or whatever, um, what is it, panel? Panel. panel. There you go. Aren't he you a comic book artist? brutalizing <laughs> someone. It is uh, awful. Yeah. I, I feel like some of the, is it Bendis that did Saga? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he didn't. What was the one? I keep thinking it's, it's Why the Last on, Man, right? which it's which it isn't. But what's the one where he's the politician? He's the reformed superhero who becomes a politician. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that one either. I think it was one of his earliest ones. And both of those, I think, would work really well as a as, not as a film, but as a sort of a miniseries. They're too epic and yeah. And I just got broad, Saga right? for Christmas. It's amazing. It's great. Saga's yeah, it's great. great. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing American Flag. I don't know if that still holds up. It was too racy for me as a kid. I never read I know. It. I loved all those <laughs> Howard Chaykin ones. He was dirty. Um, and then uh, uh, Magnus Robot Hunter. Do you ever read that? No. It was like, a, like a, I think it was like a Golden Key comic, and it was just took place in the future, and he would hunt like robots, and he always wore these skimpy outfits, and he for some reason he could like karate chop robots into pieces uh <laughs> so stupid and then mad magazine did one called um, a, a take on it it's called magnus robot eater and he would go and eat robots <laughs> and, they're really uh, they're really pulling their punches over there in mad magazine <laughs> <laughs> get it he eats them <laughs> like isn't that crazy i mean like i guess he was already chopping them into pieces <laughs> it seems like the next logical he step eats them <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, there yeah. was another one that was in. It was a graphic, a true, true crime graphic novel that was actually in production for a while. I think with Fincher and Matt Damon, a uh, bunch of other well-established white dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was it, thinking that in my head. It's like it's almost like <laughs> you felt you me putting it in your brain, like uh, oh, where are they? And I <laughs> and I loved it. I, I've read it so many times. It is a true story that took place in Cleveland. I apologize. But it was um, Torso. You, know, you can always just omit that. You know, I don't know. You just assume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll it was assume. No, tor- uh, Torso, about the, uh, when Elliot Ness left Chicago and became the safety director of Cleveland, and then these uh, dismembered bodies started showing up. It was sort of the first American uh, serial killer case, and it was, went unsolved. Kind of ruined um, Elliot Ness's career. Oh, boy. It's pretty fascinating. 
And, um, it, and it's very much a true story. Like they were incorporating period shots of the city, um, headlines from the paper at the time, um, autopsy photos that have been, you know, archive photos of, of the bodies and everything that were all incorporated in the black and white imagery. It was, it was outstanding. Wow. Um, David Castro said that he wants to see a, uh, Forgotten Realms as a movie, and that's the D and D sort of yeah, yeah. comic book adaptation. Um, a lot of material to work with there. Bearded Baca said, "I'd love to see the Amory Wars get adapted." It got picked up by the company behind Entourage, so I'm looking forward to that. What is Amory Wars? The com- Mark Wahlberg is that the company yeah, behind Entourage? I believe it is. Amory Wars is an Evil Ink comic, um, and uh, th- th- I, all right. There it is. All it's right. got a shirtless man on the. Ooh, that looks old. That's all you need. Yep. Is he got like a ripped torso? He does. Oh, he has, yeah. yeah. That's Mark. what I need more jack shirtless dudes. Yeah. What is it? Marky Actually, Mark. I do need that. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it takes Who place doesn't? amidst a star spanning collection of 78 planets known as Heaven's Fence. There you go. Okay. Someone um, tweeted about Sandman, eat. too, which I would totally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't there something like so BBC adapted strong. Sandman or something? Someone's doing American Gods. Oh, yeah. Uh, Showtime. Mm. Um, My the Psychic Girl. Did anyone read that? It's a manga. It was a pretty cool one. They were trying to develop that into a movie. But... I started watching the Lone Wolf and Cub movies. <laughs> oh, like they're this, amazing. The old ones? The yeah. old, they I are have... brilliant. Yeah? Yes. It's pretty fun. Yeah. You, are there moments where you laugh? Yes. Yeah. They're very dated. Oh, uh, but and the also br- brutalities over the, the yeah, top. It's, it's yeah. insane, and it, which it is in the the book as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I I would be reading it at auditions. And, oh, I remember and the comic put book. it down because I was like, "Ugh, he just shoved a sword right up her twine." I've seen reading this shit. Um, I don't think that actually happened, but that um, it did happen in Crying Freeman, which I stopped reading because of it. It was too like, too. It was like, "Oh God, this is so abusive." But um, yeah, it's brutal. But I, I kind of wanted uh, the lone wolf main character, uh, whose name I used to be able to rattle off, but I don't remember anymore, uh, to be a little cooler. He's kinda, yeah, he's sort of, kind of dumpy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's kind of roly poly. Yeah, um, his sideburns look fake. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you could have done a little better. The music, <laughs> but, the music's pretty cool. It's like contemporary yeah. late sixties. Do you think yeah. Frank Miller's uh, Hard Boiled would make a good movie? Do you guys ever read that? It's like the futuristic one. Oh, yeah. I think so, yeah. Those are so well drawn. Yeah. Jeff Darrow did the, like, it's basically the goriest Where's Waldo you've ever seen. Yeah, the Just like bodies everywhere and just like, um, but one of the most violent things I've ever. Yeah, that is. Didn't they make, or didn't they try to make Ronan, Frank Miller's Ronan? Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, that's a tough one, though, I think. I, I feel like someone I know was hired to adapt that script. I did my best. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't take any of my thirty versions. I wasn't hired. I just (laughs) wrote it on like you know napkins, like a big stack of napkins. It'd be interesting Um, to see if they could do a Chris Ware movie. Yeah, I think. Why do I know Chris Ware? I know the name. Sorry, it's just really highly detailed uh, comics, and he has tangential references that are just like drawn as well. Yeah, they're yeah, they're the most beautiful things, but they're so nonlinear in a way. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why I was wondering. Like, yeah, I mean, and I don't. I think they they are such graphically like specific things. I mean, I'd I'd like to see Dan Close's um, like a velvet glove cast in iron. Ex Machina. That was the sorry. That was the Brian Avon <laughs> book about oh. the. It took me ages to Google that. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but I, I think that would be fun as a bunch of shorts. You know, just like because it's so crazy, fucked up, and weird. 
Um, Jalen says uh, Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky's Sex Criminals would make a fun film. Oh, I haven't started yeah. reading that yet. Uh, I loved his Hawkeye run. Senior oh. Smoke said the Luna Brothers. Um, uh, Bill should pitch American Splendor 2. <laughs> and uh, the one where he see. dies <laughs> at Cascardini's says uh, listening to Nooner and know nothing about comics tweet at me <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll get to movies then did you see Get Out yeah I did wasn't that a, a, a you know, no I want to see it uh, that was it's so yeah. good it was really fun I like I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised uh, not that I I mean it the press has been great for it, but right. like y- y- there's some things that you're just like, oh. but it, anytime you see a horror movie, you're just waiting for the part where you go, ah, fuck, that was dumb. And yeah. that didn't happen. No, it was great. I mean, and yeah. it, it was so smart. And like, I'd also kind of gotten the impression that it was going to be homework, if that makes sense. Cause it was like, people were treating it like it was a serious, important horror movie, but it was just super fucking fun and awesome. Yeah. Like, I really have to watch 2001 space. Odyssey. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't get that. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Or, or like, yeah, society does need to change. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, right, but it's not. It's really like it's that's in it, but it's not what the movie. The movie is just like this awesome, entertaining horror movie. Yeah, and I think. Um, yeah, I don't understand why people have been getting so offended. White people getting so offended about it. What's to be offended? White people by? gotten offended about it. Uh huh. White people get offended. Just about like everything. extreme white people, though, who like. There's it. just too much truth in it. They yeah, that, that's truth. not me. Yeah, I think that that's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it it points out just like. Social prejudices that exist, right? And mm-hmm. like, when you meet somebody you you don't sp- from a different culture, you just have presuppositions and and things that you do badly. <laughs> like, I mean, the, this one person in my office, or like, I don't work with them, but like in my pod, there were all these people who work for a different comp- uh, different uh, company. Actually, they like there was one black girl, and whenever like this other girl white girl would talk to her and be she would always say like end it with you know girl what i'm talking about Ugh. and i'm just like oh, just, why are you saying just stop talking did anyone cringe so hard that their skeleton just fell out of their body <laughs> yeah that's how that's what just happened to me yeah it was and and that's exactly like that first scene when he meets the parents like hey the, my man yeah yep. yeah yeah oh yeah and no, building tension through like microaggressions is so like on point in that movie mm-hmm. where they're That's just like, great. yeah. And I always feel weird because like, I mean, and this is a, a racial racial thing that I deal with. It's like how when a black guy shakes my hand, that a friend of mine, like, gets complicated fast. Do I have to like, yeah? <laughs> do I go? Do I go for the the, sh- the shift to the thumbs? I, I look at the body language I, so carefully. And do any I just sort of? Clues. I'll just, like, yeah. Do I do I bump shoulders with them or, or initiate that or if they do it, do I just like? So, uh, I we should just. That's not just black high people. Fives, exclusive. Just high fives. That's it. No, no more handshakes. No, no more I, fist bumps. Just a, a nice solid high five. Right. And based but, on the connection your hands make, that's the connection you'll have as human beings, mm-hmm. and then we all move on. Yeah, but I'm. Yeah, it's usually with people that I I'm friendly with, and and yeah. So Sometimes it turns into a hug that it wasn't supposed to be. That's like, I, if I get I've, so close, we can't do a bunch of complicated hand things that we have to hug. Ah, I've, been, I've been the hugger <laughs> being like, oh, this person doesn't want to be hugged. And I'm <laughs> hugging them. And I feel terrible. It's, See, it's that's, not even a hug. That, oh, who cares? <laughs> what? You mean I, like the bro hug? Like the coming around with one? Is it? Is, yeah, isn't it more of a shoulder thing? No, I've just, I've just been the guy who's who's, who's, gone who's, who's, who's missed the, the, the social cues. I've been like, 
a wave would have sufficed, you know. It's just like boxing out the hand complicated thing to just go right. You get so close that there's no option but to embrace. Mm-hmm. I think you should go even further with it. And you're like, you come in with the hug. And if they're a little uncomfortable, you kind of like kiss their ear a little uh, bit. Yeah. <laughs> just a, a, a little nibble? Yeah, just, you just, li- just pick them up. Just pick them up. Yeah. Swing them around. Um, <laughs> pick them up and swing. But if you haven't seen Get Out, I, I, I suggest it highly. And it's great that movies like that get made, like smart horror films. And do so well. Oh, yeah. And I think it goes it quadrupled to... It's budget at this point wow. it was like 78 million or something well, Jordan Peele's gonna make more what's that? I gotta see it yeah and it's it, worth it. It, it reminds me that like of genre movies funny people who make genre movies or just bring more to it I think mm-hmm. that like Woody Allen making a drama or a mystery is more interesting than a drama person making a yeah because there's more humanity yeah, there are moments of humor because the, the Landis thing I said, there are moments of humor right. and because that's how human beings behave exactly right. And I remember watching. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go oh ahead. no, no. Sorry. I just wanted to say, like, yeah, the from his sketch show too. Like the way that those scene, those big scenes are structured, is like a sketch. Like it's literally right. like it hits beats of like, but instead it's just beats of like creepiness and like awkward, weird stuff. Yeah. As opposed to being like, so yeah, it's it totally it totally makes sense that he would be good at this. And it it is like a sketch too, almost. But mm. but like you know, I'm a big Polanski fan for all his weirdness and rapiness. Um, <laughs> But like of his movies, I should say. Right. Um, yeah, for, I am a big Polanski fan for all of his <laughs> rapiness. That was, if this was just my on, career. If this wow. was just on paper. I don't, that personal, was wrong. Personal I don't life and my career. <laughs> but like every one of his movies has a moment where you're laughing at something. You yeah. know, I think he has a pretty sharp sense of humor. Um, yeah, like, as grim as um, and I'm not necessarily waving a flag for the film, but as grim as Manchester by the Sea was. There's this wonderful moment at at, a, at the funeral, at the lunch after the funeral, where they're like shouting across the room and they can't hear each other. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. did he say he wanted to eat? Has he eaten yet? No, he said get him something to eat. No, he said he didn't want anything. And, and, yeah. and you just see this like comedic, dysfunctional, miscommunicating couple in the middle of everything else. You're like, yeah, that's what humans do. That's how people are. Yeah, Great. people this are feels funny. like life. Yeah. Um, do you, so? Did you guys see, watch it together? Mm-hmm. We did. And yeah, we saw it with the midge as well. Oh, really? Did, yeah. did he have his own seat or did he just sit on the armrest? Oh, <laughs> he, he swapped from each of our laps. Oh, yeah. he was like, he got aboard on Cassandra's lap, yeah. so he came over to me. Oh, the yeah. midge is an animal. Okay, <laughs> I was like, is yeah, it funny? Is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> like, because you guys are writing something together, right? Are you guys writing together? We're, we're dabbling. We're in the, we're in the pre-writing yeah, stage. Yeah, the pre-writing stage of like right randomly now. seeing each other and be like, what if this happened? What if, I've got this crazy idea for the thing that we haven't started yet. We should start this. Right now it's like 15 crazy ideas and zero actual work. So I feel like it's going to be good though. Oh, yeah. um, and it's a horror thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Cassandra said last time she was on that she's get scared by horror films so she doesn't watch a lot of them now do you were you scared during get out no No. i mean there's like jump moments but But it's a great horror film and yet it's not like crazy scary yeah there wasn't like it felt more like a thriller yeah yeah not the split hair so (laughs) what do you think she should watch to educate her oh um well for our particular project there's one thing but i guess i won't spoil our project for you guys, you know. Oh well, obviously you'll wait to see it on the big screen. Super under wraps. <laughs> <laughs> Super under the net, the the network is really keeping it, or I guess the because studio. NDAs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot we, of NDAs flying around. <laughs> Every time we tell each other a stupid joke about it, we're like, we can't tell anyone. Well, that. I need you to sign this. Wait, <laughs> is it a? 
Okay, but yeah. well, what's, what's the second movie that she should watch? Uh, so I, 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 mean, I just want to educate her on, on horror films. I don't want to watch any of I saw them. It Follows last week. Yeah, that's on that's Netflix amazing. right now. Yeah. yeah you're, you're drunk the Kool-Aid, right? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty awesome. Don't Look Now yeah. is a good one. Um, yeah, Don't Look Now is Classic. really great. Yeah. 70s horror. With, uh, mm. Nicholas Rogue. I, um, um, Sutherland, yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw Cabin it, in the Woods. Cabin yeah. in the Woods, good. I liked um, it. It Follows is, is uh, that's a really good one. It's also a good uh, lesson in sort of like economical uh, filmmaking. Yeah. You know? And you really, you know, there were some good effects in it. And, um, and yeah, I, I liked it. And if you want to see a horror movie that you could never afford to make, there's always The Shining. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, sure. You've, have you seen The Shining? Uh, I've, I've seen bits of it when I was a child, but I didn't Oh, that's see a great thing to show a kid. Right. Yeah. I saw, the, <laughs> I saw The Exorcist yeah. way too young, yeah. and, and I haven't been and able then to watch it. parents are just like, like here's your back. big wheel, go on, go off, go off, do yeah. your thing. Yeah. I saw yeah. Alien when I was like five because my older brothers were watching it, and they didn't know that I was watching it too, and it fucked me up. Mm. Is that a horror uh, movie? It's, a ba- it's more of a horror movie than Get Out, in it's my a, mind. Yeah. It's essentially a slasher. I loved Alien. It's a slasher film. I thought that that was good. It's essentially... a slasher film. Yeah, it's like, take out, replace Michael Myers with uh, an alien. With the Xenomorph. Alien thing. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know what the name was. Really? <laughs> you're good. I, it's not cool that I did. Trust me. <laughs> and you're, you're telling, you're explaining to your sisters, it's a xenomorph, <laughs> you not guys. a monster. And then they put me in the toilet again. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> God. But they played with a lot of fear in that one. They played with fear of the dark. They played with claustrophobia. There are yeah. a, lot of, a lot of triggers mm-hmm. in that for, for the audience to feel... Well, and I think the Fear. central scare of Get Out, like the thing they kind of, it, it is, it's sort of like the an existential, spoilers. I'm not, I'm going to avoid spoilers, yeah. but like there is a central scare to it that is like based in like a very primal fear, but it's treated as just sort of like a dread thing. It's not really like a jumps out at you scare, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so what would you, you had to oh, recommend a movie? Uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean like I, Alien is one of my favorite horror movies. Loved um, it. Have you seen, uh, let me think of, have you seen The Thing, John Carpenter? Nope. Okay, that's oh, one we got to watch. One. That's oh, my fucking boy. jam. Now, are you guys planning to do a... Defibrillator scene? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, awful. Totally holds up, too. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, are you planning to do a, like, a horror horror film, like a scary thing? Um, we're doing like a dumb horror thing. Yeah, it's not, it won't be like a scary, scary yeah, one, it's, I don't think. Yeah. It's like, you know. It'll be scary in some way. You won't be able to like. It, it'll change your experience at like Macy's, is what we'll say. Oh, oh little, <laughs> little teaser there for the audience. Oh, oh. chopping mall. Yeah. yeah. Sequel. Oh, oh, cool. Chopping mall. Chopping mall is. That's I think it's on Amazon Prime, oh, I think so. and it's. It's a pretty silly movie. Have you seen it? I haven't. Oh, I haven't seen it's Chopping pretty mall. silly. But uh, Dawn of the Dead is a great one. Oh, yeah. um, I think I've seen that. It, the consumerism is zombieism. Yeah, both both versions are are good. I think. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Snyder's version. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was written by James Gunn. And you oh know, really? And you know where that was shot? Pittsburgh. Um, oh, the, the, both of them were. <laughs> no, the original. Uh, the original. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. All the George Romero's we should watch too. Ladies and gentlemen, it's eight minutes past the top of the hour, and you're listening to the Nooner Podcast on the Smodcast Internet Radio Networks. Um, session and nine. I actually have to go. Sorry. Okay. All right. I'm just, oh. just waiting to do the top of the hour. Oh. Oh. And I arrived late, which is a super shitty team. Oh, no, it's okay. But, uh, but now you're taking up time by, by yeah, you know, stretching out your exit. Go ahead. Now tell us where you're going. Where are you going? Uh, I'd rather not say. Oh. <laughs> it's lame, but I committed to it, so. Oh, um, it's an exercise class that I committed to. Oh, 
pilates no i don't have the guts to do that no. i figure it's gonna be me and a bunch of girls and i'll just feel weird um i wouldn't feel weird but were you filming something last week yes i was up in calabasas um shooting and i actually did sign an nda but um shooting something that um Hopefully, I'll be able to share with you soon. It was very cool. Oh, not a commercial, but something else? Uh, it's sort of a hybrid. Oh. But the cinematographer shot Evil Dead 2. Oh, oh there's a movie you should nice. see. Oh, Have you seen that? One. Yeah. Man, All right. I'm thinking of so Mulholland many movies Drive and the latest season of Twin Peaks. Like He's a legend. But I just went up to him and was like, I like Evil Dead 2. He's like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says what we all, what we're all thinking. <laughs> all right, bye, Bell. Bye, Bell. Um, yeah, you haven't seen Evil Dead 2? That's no. Have you seen uh, the first one? No. No, you shouldn't see this. Like, I like the first one. I love the first one. The first one has actually scared me. Yeah. I saw that in a drive in theater. Uh, a what? Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it genuinely has a, some scary moments yeah. in it, and, uh, and it also some weird, rapey moments in it. Yeah. Or one weird, rapey moment. I don't know if I'd dig they, that. They kept that for the, the remake of it that Penny Harris and I was like, that's such a weird fucking choice. Like you keep the only thing in the movie that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was so weird. But Probably no, because if they didn't, then you'd have all the nerds being like, you forgot the rape scene that's and that's true. why the remake yeah, sucks. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> um, but you should see Evil Dead 2 because it is silly and, and fun. And then you can watch Army of Darkness, which is a crazy movie. Yeah, yeah it is a crazy movie. Yeah. Um, what uh, what movie scared you that that turned you off to all this stuff? I just am not like not I, your, I suffer from anxiety. Like right, yeah, right. Is there I one that watch most of that is stuff. there one that really triggered you then? No, I just don't uh-huh. like. I get. I just like. I have. I can remember moments of waiting in line to buy a ticket with my friends to go see a horror movie, and the whole time being like. I don't want to fucking go in there. I don't right, want to do right. it. Like I don't. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I would do this to myself. Right. And um, I remember watching the last one I saw in the theater was Sinister, and I was a fucking wreck. Yeah. I was like talking out loud because I w- couldn't not, and like burying my head and whoever was next to me, and like just being like, "Why the fuck am I here?" I I, yeah. I cover my eyes. Like, did I you see Insidious? No, oh, I can't watch any of that stuff. Yeah, that was pretty creepy. I just yeah. I have anxiety, yeah, and then I, and then I spend you the whole would time, have yeah you would not enjoy it. And then I spend the whole time thinking in my head on the way home. Man, I wonder if that's going to give me nightmares. And then I have anxiety <laughs> about having nightmares, even though I can't even guarantee I'm going to have nightmares. Like yeah. I watched um, the Rob Zombie Halloween. And like was scared to walk to my car, and right. I'm just like, why, why, why though? Oh, why do you know, this? I watched L. Did you guys watch L? Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, movie? I didn't watch it. Yeah, and it starts out like with a rape, yeah. and then of course after that, for like an hour, I was just lectured by my wife on how we need to beef up the security in the house, and I'm a terrible husband for not setting up, you know, an alarm system. <laughs> oh my god, and, I and can't watch it. So then I'm like, okay. We will never watch like any movies with sexual violence in it. Right. Yeah. Well, um, and that's the other thing too, is that like sometimes I'll be watching movies and just think that it's like it's kind of like overkill, and I'm just like it doesn't serve like the hostile movies. I'm like, yeah, those uh, why? No, that that worthless. is yeah, that yeah. is worthless. That it, whole genre was just like saw. It, it was, I felt like a, the country was working something out at that point because none of them were entertaining, but we all went and saw them anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it culminated in Human Centipede, where it's just like, where where is oh, the line? Oh, wow. Where is the line awful. of like 
of gore as entertainment. Well, and Human Centipede was like became like a dare movie. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, so was, I think the the line just kept yeah. moving. You know, so it started with Saw. Would you dare to cut some guy's stomach open to get a key to? Right. You know. Well, I thought the first Saw was kind of like interesting. The but but then I mean they made like yeah. twelve of them and it was like who cares now but like the hostile ones are just straight up violence the whole time and they just get more and more violent and then what we oh the human centipede yeah Ugh. yeah that was like that was like a movie you watch on a dare I remember watching human centipede two how many were there just two right There's three I think three yeah three it can, okay, takes place seen, in a prison okay I haven't seen the third one but we watched I watched the second one with an ex-boyfriend and this was like relatively early in our relationship but like we were kind of like oh you know let's watch it's funny you know like and 90 whatever. minutes later you were single we were like why the fuck like both like both of us like why did we watch this together yeah. like why did we do <laughs> yeah, that like i'm gonna go home. it's nothing personal but i'm gonna go home because yeah the first the first or no what was it the second one the director had said that he made the first one in order to be able to make the second one. Oh, yeah and it, the second one was like so violent that they had to do it in black and white and like that whole thing where it's like because that's a thing right if you're if your uh movie is too gory or too much you have to do it in black and white like oh no, in order to get a certain uh, rating right maybe wow. maybe I guess that makes sense because you can't show red blood and not people don't like that. Um, I saw... You can't show red blood? Yeah, like the Kill Bill trailers when they aired, they had to make the blood all brown so that it wouldn't like get censored or whatever. So wait, that guy is bleeding diarrhea. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it kind of <laughs> makes chocolate. it more fucked up. Yeah. Willy Wonka. Yeah, so I... I, I better? <laughs> <laughs> it's, Yay! it's a delightful, whimsical journey. Yeah. <laughs> Mommy, I want chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just kill this man. Yeah. He's home. Bearded um, <laughs> Baca has had the same experience as me. Friends took me to see Saw 2 and I haven't really recovered from it. Yeah, you just stand in line and you're just like, what the fuck yeah. are we I, doing? I, I saw Hostel 3 and that was actually directed by the guy who wrote Evil Dead 2. And it's actually the best of the bunch because it actually has a story mm. and a, and like a like plot and characters. It's not just like set piece of people I mean there is that but people getting killed but it is like, it is easily like yeah. the mo- most cohesive of the th- of the three um, as my uh, as my grandpa would say it has an idea in its head as mm. opposed to right. not right um, but if you in the making of and I think I mentioned this before of Hostile 2 he's like uh, Eli Roth is being interviewed and he's like this is really about you know the American, uh, the ugly American experience of, you know, the, uh, my take on American exceptionalism and how we've just become arrogant. And then, like, literally the next scene, he's like, they're in Czechoslovakia, I think. He's like, what the fuck is up with these toilets? Like, because they're different. And he's like making a joke about it. And it's just so, the irony is just so thick. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Eli Roth? Um, yeah, Eli Roth seems like he, uh, he's like is aggressive. Yeah, it's like <laughs> as a human. Yeah, they're like two like there are two photos you see in the dictionary like uh, for douchebag. It's like him and then you know the guy who does the Transformer movies, Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Mm. Yeah. Um, Jenny Marie said that Session Nine is one of her favorite movies ever. Great thriller. That was Brad Anderson who who did that movie. No, I've never seen Session Nine. It's it's really cool. Yeah. It was like one of the first movies, uh, feature films that 
was theatrically released that was shot all in video and they shot it like, oh, yeah so it's like, yeah so uh it's pretty cool tyson oh, recommended poltergeist oh, yeah. oh poltergeist that's great. great have you seen you haven't oh, seen yeah. that no. oh have you seen the descent yes watched the descent that is mm-hmm. good the descent yeah yeah the descent will is very anxiety triggering oh, intentionally yeah like it, that's good but also it's, good, it's badass too it's yeah, all, no it's amazing yeah that's yeah. a good one yeah okay those are those are good ones all right i approve all good right team uh, Peter WG said, uh, "Oh, he's he could, someone Tyson or someone thought he was here in, instead of oh. Mickey because they didn't hear Mickey's name. Oh, and yeah, was just that's, trying to guess the voice. Yeah, oh. that's Mickey. I'm Mickey. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Mickey Mickey Did you do anything for um, Fat Tuesday? Oh, we did not. Uh, I woke up at noon and he's from New Orleans. I'm from well, I'm from Baton Rouge. In Baton Rouge. <gasps> yeah. Oh God, we have to talk." the game that we played yesterday <gasps> okay okay oh, yeah. okay well let's, oh, let's, let's, let's okay did you do anything you didn't do anything we didn't do anything all right steven all right. listened to music really or the mage listened to mardi gras music Zydeco. Really he was and that is it was uh it was like the the traditional like oh. uh second line songs and all that oh yeah when, <laughs> when kruger got married he had a, a what do they call him a second line second line yeah, yeah. and it was really fun yeah. and it was it, like so you're walking through the bywater and like people come out of their houses and like they get into it, yeah. which is like so. Well, because you'd be exhausting. like, you, because you'd be like, you know, oh, it's so annoying. There's another fucking parade. tourist parade with a bunch <laughs> of tourists, like you know. But they were just like hooting and hollering and cheering, and mm-hmm. it was really fun, much more fun than I thought it would be. But yeah. okay, so you guys, uh, was this last night? Yes. Oh yeah. You played a game that we've talked about on this very show, and I have promised to do, but nobody was interested in it until now. Interested. Here it is. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Well, Mickey brought it. Oh, okay. I play. Uh, we we played the game Fiasco. Fiasco. Yes, it is a role playing game. RPG. An RPG. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. a story driven one, right? It's very story driven. It's actually exclusively story driven. Like if you've played D anD D and things like that, it takes all of the dice rolling and stats out of it, and it's just you tell a story. Like you, it gives you character relationships. So you start out with that. You start out with character relationships, and it gives you a little bit more information, like a location or a need for a character or object. an object. And it's and it's broken down in a sort of like a three act structure, right? A uh, two act. A two act structure. So you have, okay. You play out a first act, and everybody initiates a scene. It's basically like an improv exercise because right. you have all the information, and then you initiate scenes based on that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then halfway through the game, there's a, the twist. The twist. Or the tilt. The tilt. Yeah, the tilt is what it's called. And the tilt is something that is user-initiated or player-initiated, or is it in the script? I mean, you use dice to kind of... To determine to what determine it is. determine everything. There's a little bit of player selection, but you get to... Like, you roll dice and you base what... The dice tell you what you can or can't pick for the tilt. Guys, if you... Um, if anybody's played Fiasco, tweet in and let us know what you think. Yeah. Um... But uh, okay, so what was uh, what was your genre? What was the module that you guys did? Well, we just went with one of the basic ones that came with the book because it was our first time. Uh-huh. So we played. It was the Main Street playset. Was it? I thought it was the South. No, it was, it was it was called Main Street, but it was it was set in a small Southern okay. town. Okay. Oh, did everybody affect? Oh, well, you guys are, are from the South, right? So we, Stephen and I, had a good time. The Midge affect. Oh, excuse me, the Midge. The Midge and I had a good time affecting uh, various did, Cajun accents. And did he get to pretend to be human sized? He did. He, yeah. he was oh, very excited so, about that. Oh, that's so cute. What is the midge, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> He's that guy I date. <laughs> He's 
my boyfriend. <laughs> the guy you live with, the guy yeah, you the share, guy the guy hand yeah. puppet or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's just the short guy that I think. We, we kept having to get him to focus because he was like, in this scene, my character's wearing people-sized clothes. We were like, we know them. We could just assume. We you don't need to establish that. It's okay. He's like, I'm driving a real car, and we're like, we, it's okay, sure. We got it. We know. Yeah. This last scene, my character ate a whole bowl of soup. Yeah. <laughs> this this character gets to ride a, a roller coaster for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. Like we we'll let him okay, have got that. Got it. Got it. Cool. Cool. <laughs> uh, so Main Street in in the South, right? And. Uh, how many players were you guys? Uh, it was just three of us. So it was the Mitch, oh, Cassandra, and myself. Oh, you, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty small, though, right? Yeah. I, I thought it's like more than... It's three to, five. three to five. Uh, okay. It works for three people pretty well, actually. Okay. Uh, I, I was a little worried about that because it's like the minimum number. Right. But honestly, there's so much going on that the more... I think if you had any more than five players, it just wouldn't work. And does it... Is there a, a steep learning curve or does it just work out? Uh, no, it was all of our it's, first time picking yeah, it up. Yeah, we pretty much... Learned it as we went. And, All right. Well, I mean, Mickey, Mickey read the book, but like... Yeah, I've had the book for many years, and I read it, and I'm like, I guess. Yeah, but it was fun. We we all started as these Deep South characters, and um, yeah, I got to... We rolled the dice and picked our relationships and things, so uh, the midge was... Johnny... Johnny, Johnny Marsalis, yeah. Johnny Marsalis, and he was a... 59 year old uh councilman and he was just dumb as rocks yeah and then i played um oh and his <laughs> aka roly-poly was yeah he we had, never called him that though no we he never was did. very committed to being called roly-poly but nobody ever he was the only one who but was that's like, one of his character traits right, right? exactly you know, he, he, uh, my, na- my name was gwendolyn abel scott uh, <laughs> AKA Gwen Stefani, and I'm 42 years young, and I was the acting mayor of that of Bella Bellaton, Louisiana. <laughs> Bellaton. Bellaton, Louisiana. What happened to the old mayor? Oh well, he was assassinated. That is the initiating event of the fiasco. Oh, mysterious circumstances of the mayor's assassination. Mm-hmm. Gwendolyn rises to power. And then Mickey played a, the a young uh, the ne'er do well. Uh, I guess oh second cousin of Johnny Marsalis, uh-huh. uh, Trish Marsalis, but she said Trish Marseille. Yeah, Marseille. and she was twenty years old. She and- was twenty years old, and she wanted to be an artist. Uh, and she was sent to work at her second cousin's uh, cement truck cement truck company. company yeah, to to so she could like. Turn out straight or whatever. Big, yeah, like a lot of really intricate details. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It was super fun. And also like when you're doing the scenes, like you, cause you kind of want to stay with your character when you get to initiate the scene, but you can make someone else some, something to serve the story. So oh, okay. there was like side, I played like a, I played a refugee from a neighboring town <laughs> um, <laughs> who was Hispanic. And how did they sound? Oh, um, please, sir, please, sir, you have to help me because the alligators have taken over. That was like, <laughs> that was a part of it. And then, um, and then Johnny, or then Mickey played um, the richest man in town, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Not that Mark Cuban. He's a different Mark Cuban. And how did he sound? I might need a glass of water before I can do it, actually. Oh, I uh, was yeah. literally in tears watching uh, Mark Let me Cuban think. Let me think I can do it. Hang on. You can. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, so I'm going to vamp for a minute while oh, water Oh, well, you, get, well, you <laughs> legitimately get a glass of water because you need to um, do Mark Cuban's voice. I mean, I do I do need to, but 
but yeah, so Mark Cuban was, he owned the tanning salon in town that mm-hmm. made $3 million a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the plot was to rob, to rob Mark, Mark Cuban. Cuban. <laughs> so it was, it was a fun time. Uh, it's definitely a really good game. Let me get some water in me and then we'll do the voice. <laughs> You're a champion. Thank you so much. Oh, boy. It's okay. I'm drinking city water. Um, so, uh, the, uh, anyways, we should probably play it because <laughs> it was really fun. Okay. So, Mark Cuban, he came out, he sounded like this right here. And he have, he, he couldn't grow the leg because cause they, I can't, I have to do it in a way that people can understand, I guess. I can't put it on the expectation too much, but. He was pretty much just an old riverboat captain. He was an old riverboat captain, but where he got famous in the vaudeville circuit by, play, uh, he had a show called Shark Tank. Where they put a guy in a shark tank and see how long it takes the shark to eat him. Yeah. So really, really, he he missed out on a bunch of things being named Mark Cuban and coming up with a TV show called Shark Tank. I know he was right there. He could have done so much with it, but instead he he became he owned the the biggest tanning salon in uh, in Bellaton, Louisiana. Bellaton, Louisiana. Yeah, which has like the the number one sun exposure in all of the South. So right. So everybody's tan already, right? Right. Exactly. So we, but it was everybody wanted to get even that crisp tan. Well, if people are, if listeners are interested in uh, hearing us do an episode of, well, maybe we'll do a special, uh, a special nooner weekend nooner. And uh, were you guys drinking while you were doing it? Uh, no, we were st- uh, I had a one beer. All right, we'll do a one beer. We'll, yeah. oh. We could do it with more beers. We just didn't right. have beer. All right. Yeah, it could be okay. more fun. All right. Scott, would you be into that? Yeah, I would be into that. Yeah, have you ever done a role-playing role playing game? No, I have not. I, yes. I was the guy who bought lots of, uh, or had lots of um, uh, D&D characters, but never actually played a campaign, you know. I've I had- was busy playing baseball in... in- Going out on dates. Yeah. I'm sorry. Kissing <laughs> girls. <laughs> Making a joke. No, I was, I was a total nerd. Yeah. Uh, I'm a nerd. I was busy, I was busy necking way. at the movies no, with I was my a, honey. I was uh, doing a lot of drawing back then. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't drawing? Anything. I was drawing. Drawing actually uh, can be a big component of role-playing games. Uh, wait, wait, what was it. your role-playing game? Oh, uh, well, I... I was a, actually a nerd in denial in high school. So in high school, I was actually trying to do the thing where you play sports and neck with girls, but... Realized pretty pretty late in life that I was actually a nerd. And like I was reading comics and stuff, but I wasn't telling anyone I was doing oh. it. So it was like a very, it was a, term, a tumultuous time in my life. Um, but when I turned 18, I started playing D&D with people. And it, Did you ever play Paranoia? No. Yeah. I haven't played a lot of different yeah. role-playing games. I played a lot of D&D and a lot of Pathfinder, but that's really it. All right. All right. Well, I think that uh, Fiasco sounds pretty fun and uh, podcast friendly. Oh, mm-hmm. very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would play that. All right, yeah. we'll, we'll do it. Fun. We'll do it. And uh, here we go. Beautiful voice of Giselle. Yay, Giselle. Uh, she couldn't make it today, but she sends her regards. Uh, Jane wrote in a couple weeks ago uh, about uh, schools, and I wanted to talk more about this. Maybe we'll talk about it later on a, on a future podcast, but I want to get her email out there. So uh, maybe this will be food for thought. Um, she's uh, Without getting into too much detail, I will say that both my husband's and my 
and my public school experiences were horrible. Admi administrations wouldn't, who wouldn't fund the arts, uh, gang violence, moldy hallways, outdated books, etc. The only reason my husband and, and I are where we are is because our parents picked up where the schools failed us as best they could, but they also had to work to provide for us. This is not to say we didn't have a few good teachers, but you can see the stress they were under to conform to standards. Uh, they were bo both part of No Child Left Behind. Um, our son is currently two and a half years old, and we just applied to two Montessori preschools uh, that he hopefully will be accepted to and start in September. Uh, in the case of preschool, there are few there are few options for full time preschool, and they cost all they all cost money. My husband and I both agree that full time preschool is important. These uh, these two schools actually go from preschool all the way to high school. If we can afford it, the plan is to send our children to Montessori all the way through high school. It will cost us, but this is important to us because uh, these schools all have all the things we want for our children that we didn't get in our own public schooling experiences: small classes, freedom within limits. A uh, chance to learn more advanced subject matter if they are excelling in one area, um, or more help if they are struggling in others. Um, but I still want my taxes to go to education, and any legislation that comes uh, across that says raise taxes to fund education, I will check yes every time. I want our public schools to be better, to have low teacher turnover and smaller classrooms. To help the schools that are struggling, not shut them down. I will do whatever I can financially, vocally, and volunteer to help the public school system. Um, I know that sound. I know that to some it sounds selfish to send my school, my kids to private school. But I th would think that any parent would do anything to make sure their parents, their, their children, receive the best they can provide. But that is my feelings. Uh, Jane, that's a great email. Thank you for sending that to us. Um, I totally am for that. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. No, I think I think um, it's important to like it. It captures both the problem. Of uh, or the issues that are facing that a lot of public schools are facing, but also embraces, I think, the reality of the situation. Which yeah. is, you know, we still have to fix the problem. We can't just ignore it. But I, vouchers isn't a solution. No, right. vouchers have been proven not to to be uh, good effective. for effective. Um, yeah, same and, with charter schools. I hate charter schools. Yeah, yes. I'm not a charter school fan, but. You know, I have friends who are like, oh, you know, we went into the charter school lottery and we got a, a you know, good pick. And so it's like the thing about charter schools is that it attracts parents who are very invested in their kids' education. And but those are the people that you want in the public school system. Yeah. There's and, also like public schools in wealthier neighborhoods that do well. Like I went to a, a public school for high school, but... I don't know. I got a lot of, you know, it was it helped that almost everybody's parents could afford to like put a lot of money in the school. Yeah. Yes. In Burbank. Well, yeah. I think that proves that it could work. It's just a matter of like Well, but, but like, it that's just not yeah. going to be it's it, that not every neighborhood has people who can afford to you know, mm -hmm. invest so much into the school yeah, like at my sister's she her kids go to public school and the parents are expected to give a few thousand dollars to right. their kids' education every year. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, that's not really public school. And like, what is, so that system fails in lower income neighborhoods because they should be getting the same amount of money and, and, uh, and opportunities. But, you know, now because of that money, they have arts programs and they have good, good facilities and they right. have, you yeah. know, uh, and that should just, 
in growing up, that was there for us. I mean, you were, you were in the public I went to a really good public school because my parents rented a house in that school district. Mm-hmm. Right. We were That's, poor, but we went to the, a good school. Yeah. yeah and we I was we just rented. I lived in apartments, but yeah. it worked because I was in a good, yeah. good school yeah. district. Yeah. And, um, and, but it just sucks. Like my sister moved to that neighborhood because it was a good school system and the houses are more expensive and then you end up it's like going to a private school. You know? Yeah. And it's a real I, expensive. Uh, yeah. Area. I mean, they're not required to pay that money, but they're, there's, you know, it's like, well, if expected. you, yeah, if you don't pay that money, like if I, if my mom wouldn't have paid the money, then I wouldn't have been able to do drama and show choir and all the things that I got to do in right. exchange for. Yeah. Lots of money. Yeah. But we also had really nice costumes and really nice stage and really right. nice everything. So you, had like, a, you had an art, a theater department. Yeah, we had a big, like, sick theater department. Like I went, you know, I did this one person show where I had to go around to different schools and, and do it. And like seeing what some kids had and what other kids didn't was just really, you know, one in Culver City, they had a beautiful auditorium. Mm-hmm. And you went to one in, in a less affluent place and it was just... It was just, the theater was just there for uh, assemblies and mm-hmm. it wasn't used for anything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just like, it's really depressing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm all for taxes going to that as opposed to, and they did for, in California, they, in the 70s, they had a big uh, tax cut, which closed a bunch of schools and, and we suffer for it. Uh, let's see. Uh, JP Cutter writes in, um, long-time listener, very occasional sack writer. Mm. Thanks for continuing to do the show. In case you're looking for some words to re- read, I wrote 107 of them. Ooh. Uh, what do you get if you... What do you get when you write 100... To 150 words. 120 words. 120. 100, 120. Oh, it's uh, just not the same one. I know. Here. Oh, Giselle, we miss you. Uh, he says, uh, JP writes, it was too late to turn around. I'd stop and print them on the way, three copies of each speech. In case two were destroyed within the hour, I guess, leaving only my foolproof double backup. Never been so thankful for self-service with its comforting lack of eye contact. More people should be replaced with touchscreens and USB ports. Made it on time. Mom spoke first, only needing one copy. I grabbed my first backup, the least wrinkled of the trio. You can't always predict what's recorded in memory. How can his eulogy feel like a faint dream while I retain every detail of an empty Kinko's? Oh, wow. That's, that's um, a very affecting 107 words. Mm-hmm. Thank you, JP. Thank um, you. Very economically hope, written. Yes, I hope that didn't happen in real life. Um, or if it did, my condolences. Um... Steve Owens writes in, Hey guys, what you doing? Just kidding. I loved hearing last week's episode featuring Billy and the Balls. I had a few thoughts. Kruger, if you want to see more ethnicity, stray out of super hippie, expensive downtown Austin, maybe 65 miles south and come play with me again. We can hit pinatas and throw pennies at the hookers on Cherry Street, like old times. Is that a euphemism? Hit pinatas and throw pennies at the hookers? No, I think that, that's, that's a lot of work to get to a euphemism. Yeah, I yeah. Feel like. that, 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 that kind of yeah ruins the uh, <laughs> the purpose of a euphemism. Um, yeah, hit pinatas should be the euphemism for throwing pennies at hookers. Right, right. Yeah. right. Or that's how a euphemism works. Right. I mean, it shouldn't be, but that's, or throwing pennies at hookers should be 
a euphemism for hitting pinatas. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'd be like, we're inviting all the kids over. They're going to throw some pennies at some hookers. And eat candy. And eat candy. <laughs> and eat the candy that falls out Which of them. Which is a euphemism for, <laughs> this for, is, for <laughs> slashing parents for the, the chocolate blood. Um, <laughs> uh, my buddy and uh, Alex and I just did a podcast interview with the great director Bill Watterson. Uh, it's Tweederson, sir. Uh, it is mostly about his new movie and uh, with other bits and gems sprinkled in throughout. Everyone should check it out. The podcast is called Finding Stacks. And it's available at findingstacks.com. Cool. Um, Cass posts some of those headshots. Um, I don't know when my Animal Kingdom is airing. Uh, what is your favorite Valentine gift or memory? And lastly, what is each of your favorite Bill Paxton roles? Uh, love from Steve in San Antonio. I don't like Valentines. Um, I think that it puts too much pressure on a relationship. And um, mm. when every day should be Valentine's Day. Mm. Um and my favorite Bill Paxton role is uh, probably, well, I mean, Chet from, from uh, uh, what was it called? Weird Science. That's a pretty great um, one. That's a good one. Um, but I think he's great Science. in everything yeah. that he did. Near Dark. Uh, oh, yeah. Near Dark, he, he was great. He kills it in Near Dark. Yeah. Near Dark. Catherine Bigelow. Um, okay, so that's your pick. And what is, what is your favorite Valentine's Day? Uh, my wife bought me uh, first... Um, uh, flowers ever i've ever received last valentine's and that's not a euphemism for something no it's a real thing oh wow <laughs> what kind of flowers were they um they were um are they call them um throwing pennies at prostitutes flowers were they <laughs> they were just regular bouquet <laughs> okay it was awesome because i've never received flowers ever in my entire life i don't know if it's very I, masculine yeah mm. that's okay oh of course i mean that goes without saying i mean you being the masculine guy you are yeah. with your flexing and your abs. Yes, exactly. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put flowers next to those washboard abs, it's going to look manly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those flowers are going to start flexing too. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, uh, um, for me, uh, so Valentine's Day, I, I have a similar opinion about Valentine's Day where uh, the, uh, it's, I feel like it's good if you're in a relationship where both people are like really busy to have like an excuse to like take a break and like spend, have a special day or whatever. But you could do that any day. Mm-hmm. I do. I am sort of of the opinion that it's like whatever I did when I was in high school, my first Valentine's with my first girlfriend, uh, do like a whole special like picnic thing. And like it went really well. So I was very proud of that. Mm-hmm. So That's probably my best Valentine's experience. And did you have flowers and everything? Or? I had flowers. I made paninis. Wow. Yeah. And then we, uh, and had like fruit and, and other things. And, and where did you picnic? We picnicked in uh, an open field near my house. That's so, awesome. Well, that's yeah. when, where one should. Right. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's like, it was kind of swampy as it would tend to be, but it was mm-hmm. still. In the bayou. In the bayou. bayou. Uh, Cayenne pepper. Yeah. <laughs> Cayenne pepper. <laughs> What's clam pepper? Cayenne pepper. It was Cayenne. this uh, cook, this uh, Cajun cook that was on like PBS. Was it Emerald? No, it was, oh, okay. uh, it was the 80s. Uh, cayenne pepper. Oh, what do you always say? I thought you said oh, cayenne pepper. Yeah. I thought you were saying clam pepper. No, but that's what the guy was like, cayenne pepper. Yeah, on oh, your oh Paul Prudhomme. Yes. No, oh. was it? No, it was an old guy. It was a oh. old white-haired guy, cayenne oh. pepper. Honestly, on your <laughs> the midge probably knows. Yeah, the midge probably yeah. knows. He's being the keeper of all things Louisiana. He, mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. Favorite Bill Paxton role? Oh, um, Aliens. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and then also Twister. I was just looking at his IMDb oh, yeah. page. I That's forgot right. he was in Twister. Yeah. And uh, you know that the 
uh, in honor of him, like there were a bunch of storm chasers who turned on their GPS like tracking things and spelled out on, in a field like his initials. Aww. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess cool. it, that movie inspired a bunch of uh, storm chasers. Huh, that makes sense. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm kind of the same. Valentine's Day. I was like, you know, like who cares? Like any. I feel like every Valentine's Day that I spent where it was like a thing, like, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't a happy relationship. Mm. Um, not to say that for everybody, just in my personal experience. Because uh, I know this year with Valentine's Day, uh, the Midge and I were both busy and had shit to do on Valentine's Day. So we actually were like, do you want to just reschedule this? You know, but it wasn't like a big deal. It was like, because we go out to nice dinners randomly and we're like right. oh, let's just go do this now and like right. we have nice times together they, they, all the time you know yeah. like and so what could we possibly do on valentine's day that wouldn't just end up costing us a shit ton of money and like not really right. be necessary but we did we had our fake valentine's day on the first of march and we went and we just had like a nice barbecue dinner and that was it did you make it or did you go out Oh, we went out to. Uh, it's called Barrel and Ashes in Studio City. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was pretty. It was pretty good. But that's. I mean, we just kind of were like, okay, like, is this this is Valentine's Day? This is okay, cool, okay, great, happy Valentine's right, Day. Because right. I I had gotten him, I I got him a gift, but it it didn't show up until the first, so it was kind of like, oh, here, by the way, here's your Valentine's Day gift. What did you get him? He had this old uh, Smirnoff ad, like Woody Allen's Smirnoff ad. Um, poster thing and um, he was like oh I kind of want to get this framed he like brought that up like maybe early February he's like yeah I've got this thing we should get it framed and put it up eventually and I was like yeah okay and so then like I stole it and I got it framed for him he did a oh. bunch of them which one did what is it uh, I don't know He's on like a like a mule or something. Oh, okay. A bunch of other people. I think there's a mule pun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a two spray, two two pager. Yeah, two pager. That's it. Uh, This is the drink that is uh, that is give a Mos a Smirnoff mule party. So it's in honor of the Moscow mule. Mm -hmm. And I guess he did a whole series of them with the. Basically, the Moscow mule was developed because of the Copper Cup. Not that came first. I don't know what like, any what, of this they're is. They're like, what do we put in that stupid cup? Yeah. yeah. Ginger and yeah. vodka. Yeah. Oh, Moscow Mule is a drink. Soda. Yeah. Am I bad? I'm sitting you're, here like... You're a bad know. Louisianan. <laughs> you, what the fuck No, I'm drinking straight you? whiskey yeah, and beer like, over here. like, I only here. know what a daiquiri is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. I can make I, a hurricane. <laughs> right from the airport, went to the daiquiri drive through and just felt like such a tourist. And it was just like drinking a, a big styrofoam thing of diabetes. It was. Oh, yeah. It was... Ugh, it was terrible. Um, and favorite Bill Paxton role? Titanic? Nailed it. Boom, yeah. He was in that? Confirmed? Yeah, yeah, he was... Wait, you, are you asking? No, no, I was... He was, I was in yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or, you know, Twister. That's yeah. Right. And then um, Will Wilkins pointed out Frailty was a, uh, his directorial uh, debut. I think he did another movie after that. Um, James Haney said uh, he wrote us... About Neil Gaiman's American Gods origins, uh, which I guess was just uploaded to YouTube, and it's investigating. It's a documentary where uh, he investigates uh, his novel American Gods. Oh, cool! Uh, uh, or I guess it's soon to be a TV series. Justin uh, Wilson, I think is is that who you were talking about? 
the cook. Kaon. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm looking up right now. Oh my God, you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> um, there he is. Yep, Justin Wilson. And then oh, Steve yeah. Owens writes in again to let us know that he dances to Pimp That Fuck whenever it comes up. So, Tyson, you are causing some guy to freak out in public, so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Chris Miller, he says, Morning, Murps, your favorite listener, field reporter, uh, wishing you a groovy morning. I want to wish a belated happy birthday to our longtime listener, Jenny Marie. Yesterday Aww. was her birthday, and I think we should all send her well wishes. Uh, happy birthday, happy Jenny birthday. Marie. Happy birthday. Um, hope you don't have a session nine didn't have a session nine day because uh, it's a creepy movie. Um, I've been feeling a little excited and afraid as of late. My family has decided to move to Texas, and mm. I, in turn, have finally decided to move to L.A. Hey. An unpopular wow. choice. No, it's popular with us because we live here. Awesome. We're living the dream. It's all happened rather suddenly, and I'm still trying to f- get my footing. Originally, I was aiming to save up enough for a car and maybe a few months rent and enroll in film school in the fall. Now a Save it of, for all of that? Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's going to take a lot of money. Um, now a friend of mine wants to move there with me sooner. I'm rushing to find a job there and have even asked to be in re- reinstated at my old job, unfortunately, uh, here, so as to have, uh, so to move faster, I believe. Um, I suppose I feel a little overwhelmed. I'm just curious what you think I should do. Uh, where should I look for a job in LA? Where should I look for an apartment? Sorry for the barrage of questions. That's a huge, huge ass letter, Chris Miller. Uh, thanks all. Hope everyone is well and has a good day. I mean, that's very exciting. Very yeah. exciting. I don't know where you should apply for a job because I don't know what skills y- you possess. Um, so you can get a job pretty much anywhere, mm-hmm. I assume. Mm-hmm. As far as where to look for an apartment, he's a neurosurgeon. He's a neurosurgeon? Oh, he's going to have a lot of problems out oh, here yeah, then. I don't yeah. know. Not much so. brain really. matter. <laughs> What's up? Whoa. He's trying to be a writer, isn't he? Yeah. So do some. just try to find a job that allows you enough time to write. That um, and that doesn't take up all your time, especially if you're going to go to film school, because I don't think it's easy to work when you're in a sp- something like film school. I don't think you can really work. Yeah. So... Probably try to live as close as possible to the school you want to go to within reason. Because obviously, if you wanted to go to like UCLA or something, um, mm-hmm. that's a little pricey over there. And um, gosh, most most of the neighborhoods here are gentrified to a point where there's not really anywhere bad to live. If you see it in a movie that it's dangerous, it might still be dangerous. But what do you mean? Like I don't like Crenshaw. Mm-hmm. Is still not a great place to mm-hmm. live. Because there are a bunch of romantic comedies like La La Land. I would live in any of those neighborhoods. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those ones that don't have any Hispanic people in it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know where that neighborhood is. Yeah. Um, I don't know where La La Land yeah. is based. <laughs> that movie's a little... <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you, as somebody who recently moved here, right. with, with uh, you came here with a job. I um, did. Uh, I quit it pretty soon after right. I came out here. But yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, honestly, make the best plan you can, but be ready for it to hit, all hit the fan, which is what it did That's when I got out here. Literally what happened to you. Like, Wait, I, what, 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 remind us again what happened. Oh, yeah. I, I moved out here, uh, and I had a plan for a roommate and everything, and then that fell through. Uh, basically, the second I got here, like I was texting him to be like, "Hey, when are we meeting up to talk about finding a place?" Oh, that's right. Yeah, and he never texted me again, and then texted me like a month later, and he was like, "Sorry, I was in San Francisco," and I was like, "It's cool, but I don't need a roommate anymore." Oh, and go God. fuck yourself. <laughs> and go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and then job wise, I had a job, but it was forever away. So I quit that and had to find another one. But yeah, I mean, honestly, it's, you just have to be ready to scrap and live on your feet for a little bit. And cause you, yeah, you're exactly doing what he wants to do. You, you are, uh, mm-hmm. you moved here, uh, well, you had the job, but you didn't have, um, you had a car, right? Right. Yeah. And, and you want to be a writer or right. you are writing, I should right, say. Yeah. Um, so, Okay, yeah. So what sort of job should he look for? Uh, I, I think Cassandra's suggestion was great. Anything that provides you with time and doesn't kill your energy. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I am having an issue with that at current jobs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, with killing the energy. But I think, yeah, if as long as you can still keep doing the thing you want to do, then that's a perfect job. Like if it's enough money to survive, that's all you need. Right. Um, I didn't, honestly, I mean, having a car is super helpful in LA, but... With Lyft and Uber now, I don't. Yeah. It's not necessarily the required. Yeah. And, and I've also lived in LA without a car before Lyft and Uber even existed, and I it sucked, but it, I made it work. But yeah, I I have a feeling that if Lyft and Uber existed back when I didn't have a car, there's a good chance that I might not have a car right now. Right, because I, I, it's just so easy and cheap and. You know, they're making the Metro better. I mean, it's not yeah. perfect yet, but they're making it better. And the Metro will give you, if nothing else, time to write. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and if you think about it, like I was thinking about it the other day, like if I got a new car or I leased a car, like the cheapest car is like $140 a month. Um, and between insurance and gas, it still ends up like basically over three years spending several thousand dollars a year. I would get rid of my car in a heartbeat if I could. Yeah. But I... I just can't because right. I'm stuck in this. <laughs> so in terms of moving, I would move someplace that's near a metro station mm-hmm. um, or a good uh, bus hub. North Hollywood is great. Mm-hmm. North Hollywood Highland, Park. Highland, Highland Park. Highland Park. Oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. That's where near where we live. Um, and I think that, you know, your plan to, to get a car, get a job and go to film school is great. I just don't, th- I, I agree with, with Cassandra. That's a lot to do all at once. And I think that, um, You're going to get overwhelmed and discouraged. and Right. Because it, I think it's that first year that you live here is like the most vulnerable, like, fuck this, I'm out of here kind of year. Um, and it's my understanding that the successful people in this town are the ones who don't leave, and <laughs> obviously. Are you in year two now? I am actually two weeks away from my one year anniversary. I just checked. Oh, so, that's so funny. And yeah. so... What is what is your game plan for year two? Uh, year two, well, I'm waiting to hear back from UCLA, film mm-hmm. school wise. Uh, if that doesn't go through, then um, I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing, which is writing and taking it one day at a time and chasing the things that come up. That's yeah. yeah. And I think that's literally what my advice to him would literally just be one day at a time and like don't try to do everything at once, which is what Cassandra was saying. Right. Is you, but at the same time, keeping your eye on the prize. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that one thing that I felt like I. I didn't have a good focus when I came out here and I've done basically everything in the film business and, mm. and have excelled at none of them. <laughs> <laughs> Jack of all trades. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like, uh, and you're writing daily or you, yeah. 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 So that, I think if, you know, if that's what you want to do, you don't need to go to film school for that. And that is its own sort of school. Also, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, there's also classes all over town for writing. Um, and like, there's tons of reviews for all of them. Like you've, you have so many sources you can vet for for that sort of stuff, and like 
they're way cheaper than actual film school. Even the UCLA extension screenwriting program is like huge. Like people like it's love pricey, that. Though. It's, I mean, it's, it's, well, it's pricey, but it's pricey how groundlings is pricey or like yeah yeah yeah. ucb and stuff is pricey i mean it's all the same shit um my friend you know he he went to la city college and he ended up uh directing a a, he he went to took film classes at Mm -hmm. la city college Mm -hmm. which is very cheap and he ended up uh, directing a feature film that was at slam dance this year and he was just sitting in that seat right there oh Oh, wow so Bill Watterson, like I was like, why are you going there? And he's like, well, you get, you know, you you're there and you make films, and and it's like, it's a, it gives you structure. And he knew in his mind what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. and so he made it work for him. Um, and and I think having that structure really helped him uh, yeah. hone his craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't have, I mean, it, the the biggest thing to have is is the drive and the gumption. Like you've just got to have that, and like the. If if not, then all the classes and all the film schools in the world they're not going to help. Aren't going to help. And Scott, as a as a, a struggling artist or as a, a longtime artist, do you have any words of advice? Um, just stick stick with it. I mean, seriously, yeah. what are you going to do? Just yeah. pack up and leave. And I mean, there's been some bleak times out here, but yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's been plenty of times where it's just like, fuck this. I'm going back to where my family lives. I'm going to do the easy. Well, and it's also figure that it's not really any easier like anywhere. But if there's been opportunities out here, I can't get anywhere. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like, I, even if you're just a writer, I find like, like doing an improv class is a great way to also just meet other people. I oh, mean, yeah. The classes and stuff. That's a good like way to make friends. Meeting. Yeah. That, I think the, the thing that, got me through any hard times was just having a good network of friends. Yes. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, because this, it, I mean, it, it is a tough town. You know? I lived in Marty's basement for a year. Was that you? That was me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just knock on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and we would make reference to you on the podcast, or Kruger would. He thought it was so funny that you were living down there. The man under the floorboard. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> the, the creature under the stairs. <laughs> I okay. I currently live in Cassandra and the Midge's basement. Oh, that's right. That's uh, right. So. Yeah. Oh. I was going to yeah. say, I moved into the top floor of Mickey's bar. <laughs> <laughs> and are you, is the Midge like, what are you doing down there? Yeah. Get it off. It's too quiet. <laughs> exactly. That's I just, that basement the life is kind of nice. You can't even tell that they're down there. Nope, it's great. I love it. It's like having two separate places. <laughs> it really is. That's funny. Yeah. And wait, is there just one kitchen though? There's yeah. just one kitchen, just one no. bathroom. And, so. Oh, really? Yeah. That, so that's a little inconvenient. But other than that, it's great. That's awesome. Uh, guys, we're going to wrap things up a little. Uh, well, I guess we're right on time, but I have it to jump into a meeting. Um, so uh, have you been doing stand up? I have. I've done. Uh, I've done a couple more shows at Flappers. Uh, I'm gonna. Br- my next goal is to branch out to other places. Oh, Flappers is like my backyard. So, is there a place that you would recommend, Scott? Uh, are you looking for open mics or? Uh, yeah, just open mics for right uh, now. Mia's Hot Dogs on Colorado Tuesday night tonight. Oh, oh yeah. But I won't be there because I'm doing a show. Oh, where um, are you doing a show? I'm doing a show tonight with Ian Abramson at the Lyric Hyperion. Mm, Pat Oswalt, like Dana Gould, Beth Stelling. Oh, really? And others. And oh. I'm the Flying the ointment. Damn. Oh. <laughs> is this is this a a, a a big gig for you? Uh it's a big gig. I only have to do seven minutes, and I was cool. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do I'll do seven minutes. He goes, could you paint a portrait too while you're doing it? I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh no. Wait, who's uh, running? Who's... Uh, Ian Abramson. It's oh. a vaudeville type show, so he wants different kind of acts. And what's Patton doing? 
Uh, he's just doing stand up. He gets oh, what the fuck? <laughs> no, make him like make a stew or something. He's but ratatouille. I've, been, you I've know? been trying to practice my doing my bits and painting. It's nearly impossible. <laughs> oh Because I focus when I paint. I don't li- like that's to listen. actually really funny though. Yeah, it that might be, could funny. be funny. Could you so, play a recording of your stand up set and just paint a? That's picture? exactly what Maria said. Yeah, and I was like, maybe I could do that. <laughs> Is your wife filming today? Yes, yeah, she's filming today. So she yes. won't be there. No, it'll just be me. Is she, but, uh, is she having yeah. fun this season too? Oh, she's loving it, yeah. yeah. But I also have to memorize all these lines for tomorrow, so uh, uh, today's going to be a rough day. And oh. i got to vote. Got to vote. Got to vote. And thank you for making the time for coming here today. Oh, I'm so to glad to be here. It's good to see everybody. And, uh, uh, and yeah. couldn't be more excited about um, your, your working. And, uh, I'm glad. You know, and Cassandra will work too. She'll, I'm grateful. She'll, she'll, be on, she'll be on Maria's show. Right? Well, we'll I'm, I'm sorry not to speak out of turn, but... I don't want to be on the fucking show. <laughs> All right. All right. You, you just All had right. no reaction. I was like, oh, I hope I didn't... I forgot that how, the beef that you and Maria have. Yeah, that's the... Oh, yeah, the beef. The historic beef that me yeah. and Maria Bamford have. Okay, yeah. well, let's let's play that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hear about that beef all the time and no. definitely know all the details yeah. about have it. Have you yeah, been going up that, at all? Huh? Have you been going up at all? Yeah, I went up um, last Sunday um, at this great uh, brunch type show called The Scramble. I did um, eight minutes and it was fucking pretty fun. Um I'm do I'm I'm doing uh I'm touring my new material right now. So Where's okay. the scramble? It's at the Pack Theater okay. on um Santa Monica, but it's uh yeah, it's it's like a noon it's a noon on Sunday show and they've got mimosas and oh, shit cool. like that. So that's how I spent my Mardi Gras. Um and um I don't have anything coming up or do I what? I don't know. Um so- yeah, I don't. I I can't remember if I have anything that I'm that's happening right now. Um, My birthday's coming up, but oh, cool. Uh, well, tomorrow morning I'm gonna do um, an open mic set. I'm gonna be on the one ten to the ten. Uh, it's like an hour and a half commute to work, and so I'm gonna be stuck in traffic, and I'll be doing all new material. Um, okay. <laughs> every, a lot of cursing. A lot of cur- <laughs> lot of cursing. A lot of cursing, and and it's a lot of crowd work. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So anybody who wants to, it's just a two dollar cover. Um, I'm in the the silver Honda Fit. It's got a, <laughs> it's got a little scuff on Having the back. A fit. In the fit. Yeah, you can't miss it, but uh, I encourage everyone to come. It's I'm not recording it, so you won't, it will be the only chance you get to see me uh, do do this material. So, um, guys, thank you for listening this week. Uh, we Evan, we will work on the volume problem. It is a problem with the uh, the the streaming software. If you're deflect, potting this, deflect. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The generals, uh, they turn down the volume. Um, <laughs> the that's that's that, that's a Trump reference. Um, but uh, we. Oh shit! Hold on, hold on. Um, uh, vamp, somebody, vamp. Um. All right. Yeah, I don't know if I could ever squash this beef with Maria. Um, <laughs> No, like I was saying, it seems really huge, and like there's a lot of information that I'm aware of. Yeah, going yeah, into it. yeah. This this whole thing, honestly, like the the show feud on FX. They were talking about making another one about oh the whole being, season, right? The se- season two would just be about about the, me the and feud. about me and yeah. Maria's uh, beef, uh, and, and it'd feud. be like you going for like uh, forty nine minutes and five uh, like thirty seconds of her going who. 
Yeah, the whole time yeah, she's unaware. Of yeah, it. yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> no, no. Pretty explain much. this to me again. Um, <laughs> it's like that's pretty much going to be my new horror movie. Is me having a <laughs> fucking problem with someone who vaguely knows that I exist. It's kind of like the king of comedy, the queen of comedy. Yeah, there you yeah, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, guys. Uh, send in emails. We love having them. If you haven't sent an email, let us know um, where you're, what you're, what you do while you listen, where you're from, and uh, and ask us a question. And we'd love to hear from you. And thanks, everyone, and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.